Are you still coughing? Yes. And I'm still, still no, I'm not still coughing, but I'm still stuffed up. If you can't, I can't tell, I can't shake it. Like I, I can't shake this. Stuff. I just tell, I just told Charlie that I was like, I can't shake this thing. My nose has been stuffed up for two weeks because of this COVID shit. I feel fine. Nice. I don't feel bad yeah. at all. Like I'm not, t- I mean, I'm tired, but I'm always tired. That was pre COVID. Right. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm not, I don't feel bad at all. I just, I can't shake this, this, this stuffy nose. Right. And I've been trying, like I, you know, I go take a shower in the morning. I'm like, we just like the steam will get all that shit work. Nothing works. Nothing works. So, man, so uh, that was the only thing that lasted too for mine was the cough. I had to cough for a long time after mm-hmm. that. So, it'll pass. I feel better. Yeah. I don't have a fever. I could, you know, I never lost my sense of taste. I'm grateful for that. Um, but yeah, let's. You I don't know, hang out with Dalton. I, just, I know. I don't know, Austin. You like beck apparently so you haven't had your sense of taste for a long time wow i've liked beck for like a long time too though so i can't you can't hang on like i, yeah. I believe one of those was definitely my call i know i was just saying one was charlie's pick and one was mine <laughs> so, so the mean, voting block. of like his love of fucking uh the scientology it's still uh which i lose our baby but uh <laughs> So we went to uh, New York. We, me and Charlie took a field trip to the big city and Austin kind of hosted us and toured us around our little, uh, little New York city tour guide. Yeah. I got car sick for the first time. Oh, dude, (laughs) that was wild. Yeah. And then we went and got some fucking chopped cheese after, and it was the bomb, like the best. Um, if any of you guys are on TikTok, I'm sure you've seen Aki, the, uh, he works at a bodega in Red Hook in Brooklyn, and mm-hmm. you just walk in, and I guess, like, at first, he was, like, talking kind of normal, right? And then, like, as soon as he figured out that we were, like, there, like, from the content that he was making, like, oh, welcome! <laughs> <laughs> he put the burger on the grill! <laughs> he knew what he was doing. He went right oh, yeah. into character. <laughs> uh, did you see, like, not long after we've come back, he now has, like, a... um he has a cameo now that's hilarious oh, okay. so i thought that okay. was really cool and you read dalton you remember that guy that um i know you might have seen the video where like he has like that big fucking bottle of hennessy and he like does like the the growl yeah the, that guy oh. did a video with him really like l- like literally hey, two days the ago fucking, they did a video uh, where he shows up and he fucking does the growl scares the guy away and then orders a sandwich the goddamn uh 150 dollar patron in a bid egg <laughs> yeah yeah it's a big delf don't do that the big delf yeah the big delf yeah <laughs> he was fucking there and he, he they they did the whole video together it was i was like oh shit all right well the crossover event i like it yeah I have, no idea. I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> I, I only know the, the video, austin because... i've sent you the video because, of that guy? Uh, yeah because we when we went to cleveland i was giving you shit about your uh purse saying it was a satchel and you're like no it's it's a purse it's, it's fine it's a purse <laughs> and in the video he goes like somebody goes i was like hey man why you got a purse for he goes it's not a purse it's a satchel 150 dollar patron into big dad and oh that's right yeah. i do remember that now <laughs> yes yeah he's like get your money up not your funny up 
<laughs> I didn't realize he was more of a, a TikTok phenomenon. I guess that, well, that was my mistake. Like, it, it, that was the video yeah. that made him viral. Yeah. All right. So to recount our New York City adventure and everything that's happened since the last podcast, we'll do, a, I guess, a brief synopsis. We flew to New York City on a Friday. And Austin welcomed us to his to his really nice home. Don't don't let him be humble. He's he's, he's doing pretty good. <laughs> I just got shit everywhere. Figure out how to turn the bathroom light on. It's that's that fancy. <laughs> that, oh okay. yeah, that's not me though. That is that is my partner. Everything Austin's in this a fancy place boy is is electronic. I would be totally content living in a cabin in the woods, you know, and having to actually flip a switch. But everything is like hooked to my phone everything like like the blinds in the in the living room <laughs> all of the lights everything is on and it yeah it's it's kind of insane but it, you know we got there and uh we met up with friend of the show jay gold from iwtv guide and we all went to a bar it was really nice really chill uh it was cash only which kind of threw me for a loop because you know he's leaving the tab and uh that that, that kind of shocked me couldn't order my normal uh, vodka Red Bull there. Austin took us to the most hipster bar in Brooklyn, boy. Man, I took you to a bar that was two blocks from my apartment because I just went in. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we wrapped up that night. And then the next day, we went on an adventure all through New York City. We took every mode of transportation you could think of. We took an Uber. We took a subway. We took a ferry. Whatever you want, baby. Austin's got it. We took a bus, too. Yeah, we took yeah. a bus. And uh, Charlie got violently ill. And during the Uber to go to Aki's uh, bodega to get the little chopped cheese sandwich. And then what else did we do? We went to uh, the financial district, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went. To, well, we we you had to take a, a bathroom break at my office. We broke into my office on a Saturday, <laughs> but we went down and we saw the the Ghostbuster firehouse. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, we did. You guys went up on the Empire State Building. Oh, that was uh, the next day. Next day. Was that the next day? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. The yeah. show was on a Sunday. Yeah, so after, we, after we saw the, the Ghostbusters thing, we went back to your uh, to your office, and then we took the ferry home, and we just kind of chilled and got Chinese food for dinner. That's, so. right. Then, that's right. Dalton had Korean tacos. Yes. Yeah. They were oh, good. my God. It was so good. <laughs> then uh, I went to a little side story, a little side adventure. I went to um, Emo Night, which a friend of the show, Nick Carp, invited me to. And uh, I'm not going to say everything that went down because I, I don't want to like blow up a spot, but Nick showed me the night of my life and <laughs> had a great time. Pretty sure that's where I got COVID. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but then I immediately came back and slept right beside Charlie. And <laughs> if it went for his antibodies, I probably would have gave it to him too. Yeah. And then I was very lucky. <laughs> the next day, uh, then the next day, Austin showed us around some more. And uh, we got to see Times Square. We got to see Central Park. And me and Charlie took a little other side quest to see the Empire State Building. And then after that, we met up with Austin at a nice little coffee shop. I'm not sure if that's, is that a chain? Is that a local place or what? It's a local chain. Okay. Okay. There's there's maybe eight or nine of them in the city. I think that's as far as I know. And then uh, I got this nice drink. It was uh, called Fall Oat Boy, which was, was really nice. I like that. I like that I a lot. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was Fallout Boy. It was oat milk, oh, so they no. call it Fallout Boy. And then I drank out of that cup, which is probably where I got COVID. Yeah, Austin drank <laughs> after me. <laughs> you were like, taste this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then uh, we went to a bar over by Madison Square Garden in the Manhattan Center, and we ate great. I got great tacos. They're really good. And we drank. That's really good chili there. Yeah, Charlie ordering chili. It was, it was nice. And then uh, we met up with 
uh, Andrew, our friend Andrew, and we went from there to to see a wrestling show at the Hammerstein Ballroom, which was I had fun, had a good time. I did too. And then from that there, was a lot of fun. Then the next day we went our separate ways. No, you did something else. You went on another side quest. I did. Oh yeah, I went to another <laughs> bar. Go figure. <laughs> But not just any bar, not just any bar with any event. Oh, yeah. I went to there was a no ring death match that happened after the show. And Charlie was like, fuck that shit. I'm out. And yeah, I, was, I was wiped out, too. I mean, Charlie were in the car going home. I was like, let's do it. And I'll me call. just being the chaotic ball of energy that I am. You got a free uh, ride, though, there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always helps. Andrew also mentioned earlier. Andrew gave me the ride there and uh, I had a blast. I had a great time, and from there, I went back to the apartment, got my little few hours of sleep, and we went our separate ways Yep. and found out that we had COVID. I know. Dalton, you came down <laughs> the next morning after that Nori Deathmatch show and those few hours of sleep, and you looked like a zombie. <laughs> Charlie like was it. fine. Dalton was like, oh. Yeah, I got back to the to, to our, our little room that we had, and I uh, decided to um get some food delivered which i think is like the coolest thing because like here in ohio everything shuts down to like 10 o'clock so you can't do shit after 10 o'clock right now and i was able to order food and i got like this i got some chips and i got uh, a drink and i got this like six piece hot wing and fries that was like from a local place it was like six six minutes away it was so good yeah that was the thing i think those are the biggest takeaways that i saw from from well you dalton specifically you were like everyone here is so nice i was like i know i mean there's some assholes but there's everywhere and you and the food dude (laughs) food the fucking food man all day saturday we forgot to mention all day saturday as we were doing things dalton was trying every food that was possible there was street tacos he tried he got some halal food like you know he got a gyro from that street vendor too okay yeah any type of food he could get his hands on he was he was wolfing food so i'm just a human garbage i don't know (laughs) but everything you ate you were just like oh my god this is yeah. the best thing i've ever put in my mouth dude the highlight was uh that one taco that i got outside your office at that taco stand yeah that, that was that was the best that was the taco shit, mary man. oh my god that was so good that was pizza the place office? we went to on Friday oh, night fuck, was really good yes too. that pizza oh, place <laughs> just so well, much man. listen I'm, I'm glad you boys had a good time it was a lot of fun and then uh after the day after we got back i went to work and uh listener of the show uh my boss dylan he we stood like right beside each other for like a good hour talking about my trip right and then the next day austin texted me it was like i think i have covid and i was joking i was actually kind of joking i just this was this was like while i was at work and i read the text and i was like oh no because like i had some symptoms that i was like in my in my stupid dumb little squirrel brain I was like, oh, I don't have COVID. That can't happen to me. And <laughs> I told uh, I told my boy Dylan, and we have some rapid tests in the office. And he was like, stay in the truck. I'm going to go get this rapid test. I'm going to bring it out to you. We're going to find out. I was like, oh, fuck. Here we go. So I took the test. And immediately, there's like this faint little line that pops up. And I had like flashbacks to five years ago whenever my wife got pregnant. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, he's not feeling again. <laughs> well, that's what, what you did. What you, you left out is that I said, oh, I might have COVID. 
And then you, all you responded was with a list of symptoms and they were the exact same symptoms that I had. And I was at work, I was around people, but I wasn't feeling well. So I had a mask on while I was at work and I'm like, Oh shit, I got to get out of here. Like if he's got the same symptoms that I do, man, we're, we're done for. And that was before you even took the test. I was like running out of my office, you know, no, nope, this is not good. And I tested yeah. later that night and got positive as well. Like instantly, like I put one drop on it. And it was like, there you go. <laughs> Fun. Dude. And like, the crazy thing is like at the day after I left that day and the day after was the worst day of my life. Like I had 103 fever and it was just like sustaining like a high fever and like i was so fucking cold i was like bundled up in all the hoodies and had the blanket on i was just fucking shivering it was awful it I'm was not, terrible and, and i'm not gonna i'm you know preach too much about this but i think the only thing that saved my ass was getting that booster oh yeah i'm not boosted so yep yeah, yeah. and you were gonna like, do it before you came here but you ran out of time and you didn't want yeah. to get sick the next day but I think that was the only thing to save me because I'm I'm much more out of shape and older than you. <laughs> when you were like, there was one day when I wanted to go to the hospital. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm I really dodged like a, I really dodged a bullet. And I'm not the type like I fucking hate going to the doctor. I would rather suffer than go to the doctor. And like if I'm thinking like, oh, this is bad, then it's probably <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> but we lived. We yeah, lived. we lived. That was the only bad day I had. We really. got our friend Jay Gold, host of IWTV Guide, sick as well. I got three people. <laughs> I was really concerned when you three were sick, and I'm like, oh, fuck, am I next? And then I was fine, and I'm like, you know what? Immunity. I already had it. I'm good. Fuck yes. I got three people at my work sick. Did I tell you about that? <laughs> no. no. Yeah. <laughs> Short staffed, baby. Oh, no. Did you like those people? Because I know you don't uh, like everybody you work uh, with. Fucking, uh, I don't know, Dylan's listening. You don't have to answer that. Uh, uh, I, I like, dude. I, you know, I've seen Dylan's phrases. He's the best yeah. boss I've ever had. And, and, and oh, did you get him Marcy sick? No, I didn't also. get him sick. Okay. But I got a uh, student named. Oh, shit, I probably bleep that, Charlie. I got uh, <laughs> I got him sick. So you know, it is what it is. That's fine. It's and you, you got can't, Marcy you sick can't... somehow too. So I don't, I don't know how you got it back here and like you the germs just built so. different man oh. <laughs> well you got sick last time you were in cleveland too we can't put you on a plane anywhere <laughs> dude I, I, that's what i thought that's why i was like i don't have covid because the last time i was on a plane i got like really sick and it was just like traveler's flu but this time it was the real deal yeah so we want to enter to the show and then get on it yeah let's talk about some monkeys yeah some apes it's if you catch my grift <laughs> <laughs> It's if you catch my grift. This is a show about conmen, charlatans, and carnies. We are here. My name's Dalton. I'm Austin. And we are joined by producer Charlie Butters. Yo, 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 yo. And so I guess we'll just kick right into it. Um, we're going to talk about nfts and this might be a spicy episode because i feel like dalton and i have some very different opinions on NFTs. our audience is gonna fucking hate me no 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 because i'm gonna change your mind by the end of this i have no doubt about that like you're gonna right. you're gonna see the light that's my bet to you that's my wager keep in mind whenever we do this show the whole plot of the show is i know nothing austin knows everything but he you think you know something so, this time no, I mean, not really. I just don't see the grift part. And I haven't looked into it past what people say on Twitter. Right. Like, that's, that's, that's all I know. Or anecdotes. You have, like, real-life anecdotes about this, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, tell, like, so, so, I guess, let's start there. What, what, what is an NFT to you? And then I will just run you over. 
<laughs> the latest thing for normie democrats to be enraged about the latest oh. the latest hot topic issue to distract people from real life shit that's going on i was gonna say i didn't think this was political at all like this was like the one time we've had a completely unpolitical never fails with, with with this show we gotta make just, everything I, political but it's usually my fault and this time it's not i will go on record it's going there's not a single bit of politics in this entire script my whole thing about NFTs, the whole argument against them is it's not backed up by anything real, right? Like that's an argument against them, correct? Mm-hmm. Wait until you found out what the US dollar is backed by. Fucking nothing. <laughs> yes. It's, not, it's the same. It's just it's the same. If, but the me, US, US right. it, it's true. Like all currency is a conceptual thing, right? Especially right. since we're not on a gold standard anymore in the US. But you can print money that's universally recognized by every other country in the world. But you can also buy and sell NFTs with Ethereum, which you can use to convert into real money. Mm, sometimes, sometimes not. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm all ears, Austin. <laughs> What's I am- the conversion rate of uh, an NFT to Butters Bucks? <laughs> I just made up dollars that I, I'm going to make. I think uh, 1.62. Uh, yeah, I don't know what those numbers mean. <laughs> Repeating? Yes. You get that five blowjobs per Ethereum to Butters Bucks. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> That's the conversion rate, man. <laughs> well, I mean, it is true. It, anyone can have a crypto coin. And we'll, we'll talk about that here a little bit. Um, <clears throat> So I'm going to start kind of with a really brief history of NFTs. And I'm going to try NFTs and cryptos go really hand in hand, right? And I'm going to try to really focus on NFT, but there's no way to tell that story without talking about cryptocurrency. So that'll that'll seep in a little bit, but I'm okay. hoping to just really focus on NFTs because I think that at their core, NFTs are so much more egregious than crypto. It's like crypto is... A, a pyramid scheme and then nfts are a pyramid scheme built on a pyramid scheme so it's that's it's like woo, what what comes next like what's the third layer of this pyramid giant pyramid screen but we'll, we'll talk about that um it's a reverse funnel system it's not a pyramid scheme it's a reverse <laughs> funnel system that's true <laughs> um, turn it upside down it's a pyramid <laughs> Uh, so the earliest form of NFT could be traced back to a project called Monograph, which is short for monetized graphics. And it goes way back to 2014, which is not that long ago. Um, it was started by a digital artist by the name of Kevin McCoy and a tech entrepreneur named um, Anil Dash, who I actually follow on Twitter. I've followed him for years. I had no idea he had anything to do with NFTs. He's very he's a smart Silicon Valley guy. Um, Kevin McCoy does a lot of work with his wife, Jennifer, and they're actually established digital artists. They have actually had uh, pieces in the Museum of Modern Art. Um, so, I mean, like, these are legitimate, you know, accredited artists that are working. And they had a piece called Every Shot, Every Episode, which I believe I've seen at some point. I, I, I go to that museum um, pretty often. It's a fun, nice museum. Um, not my favorite in the city, but that's neither here nor there. And basically what they did is they dissected um, me, 10,000 shots from the TV show Starsky and Hutch. And they came up with this really unique way of categorizing each shot. So like some of them were like, it has plaid in it, in the, in the frame. Some of it was like, 
it has a sexy outfit, every yellow Volkswagen, all kinds of other things. And they would separate these shots and they came up with 278 categories and put all the shots on um, CD-ROMs. Now this is from 2001. So that's the technology. And so they built these displays out of that, which is kind of cool. But he went on to like keep experimenting and keep doing different types of digital art and trying to like play around with the format because it's still a baby format at the time. And they're like, how can we push this? And so the basis for this, uh, what will become an NFT is he wanted to figure out a way to transfer ownership of a digital asset, digital piece of art in his, in his world um, in a secure, verifiable way. Right. So they got together and they developed um, this system called monograph uh, and I want to read a little bit about how it worked from a TechCrunch piece uh, uh, by a guy named John Constein. Um, it said, artists can visit the monograph site and sign in with Twitter. Then they submit the URL of a digital image that they've created. In return, they receive a blockchain key and a value they can store in, the, in a name coin wallet, similar to how they would store Bitcoin. This is their digital deed, a unique claim of ownership of the piece, for the piece of art. If someone else submits the same image, Monograph detects it, that it's already been claimed. Um, and then what happens is Monograph will actually tweet out an announcement of ownership to commit it to public record, right? Right. Which is a smart idea. Like, yeah. I, I, I have no issues with this, right? You're an artist. You're a digital artist. You don't want your your piece of, uh, of work to be resold without your permission. I mean, there's, this doesn't get into the legal stuff because it's not really legal, but their idea is like, hey, we're going to announce to everybody that this is your image. It's been minted and we're going to prevent people from stealing that image and trying to mint it again. Sir, case off. NFT is not a scam. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to read on from that piece. Um, once a creator watermarks an instance of a digital art piece as the original, they can there sh- then share copies however they want. The piece can be redistributed or remixed, and the artist can watch as it takes its own viral course, knowing they haven't lost control. If they wish to sell the piece and the rights to it, they can sign the monograph deed over to a buyer. So it's a it's not a it's not intended as like a money making thing first, right? It's intended as hey, it's really hard to claim ownership of digital assets. This is a way that we're going to try to claim ownership to it, right? So you can't do the what people yeah. call the right clicking. You know? And I know I know plenty of like photographers and artists that live near me in fucking bumfuck Georgia that have made their art into NFTs. And that's the that was my whole like whenever I first uh the rumbling started about this episode, little peek behind the curtain. This was about like five, four or five months ago when we first started talking about doing this episode. And I was like hardly against it just because I know I have friends that have made their art into NFTs and it worked out pretty well for them. Like in terms of like paying their rent for a whole year worked out well for them. And and we'll get to that and, because, and I, I, I knew that because you've told me this story. So I, I mean, yeah. I've had this in the back of my head as I was doing the research and um, yeah, it's, we'll, we'll, we'll address that specifically because I think that's an interesting take. Now this also just realize like what I've read you as a project from 2014 um, in, in internet years, 2014 to 2022 is like a, a lifetime. Like right. things have changed so much in such a short amount of time. Um, Monograph even stresses that they adhere to copyright and intellectual property laws, which they can do because it's all on their own platform. Right. Like this is a good guy platform going, we're in it for the art. It's not about, it's not about sales. It's about saying, Hey, I have ownership of this. Here's the proof. So I I have no problem with it at this point. Um, Then fast forward a couple of years to 2017. 
Um, and you've got uh, a couple of really big NFT projects, right? And you've got one that's called uh, CryptoPunks, which is still around today. It's not active, but they still sell these assets over and over again. It's a series. I know I'm on, I'm on like NFT defense squad right now, but that term CryptoPunks makes them want to fucking run through a wall. How dare they? Those <laughs> fucking posers. <laughs> well, let me let me show you what they are real quick. I'm gonna actually okay. go put it in. This is a this is a site that sells the CryptoPunks. I'm gonna oh, put it in the, so... the chat real quick. Hang on. This is great for an audio podcast. Wow. <laughs> yeah. This Jesus. is like 1994 computer graphics. Yeah, really. I mean, they were intentionally made to be pixelated. Whoa, the prices on this. Holy yeah. shit. Well, they get more as you go down to. They only increase. That's the, the least expensive up to the to the, the more expensive ones. Oh, the little dude in the beanie smoking a cigarette looks really cool. I might buy that. <laughs> <laughs> How much is it, Dalton? $248,000. <laughs> exactly. There's a, there's a Mr. T looking one that's twenty-one point. Three eight million dollars. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Now, I mean, there's not a lot of people fetching, you know, like actually buying these for those. Like, you can ask whatever you want for a CryptoPunk. But what I think was interesting about this, it was these were all created by an algorithm, so not, uh, not there's not really a lot of artistry involved. I think really, you know, you could be subjective and say, well, I think those are beautiful or not, whatever. I'm not going to get into the aesthetics of well, it. I, I think they're ugly as shit, but I, I do too. But that's some people don't because they're willing to pay a lot of money for these. But Can you imagine having fuck you money just to just go fucking buy something that looks like that, like yeah. <laughs> it looks like shit. Like, ah, why the fuck not? I guess that's it's all. I need to talk to uh, our friend Jay Gold about a business opportunity. It's not related. <laughs> <laughs> um, but these were actually, so these are generated 10,000 and they were actually given away for free. They, there was no commerce expected. They just wanted to kind of give them away as an experiment, as a new thing to do. Um, and they were all generated. So they each have unique features, right? So 10,000, none of them look the same. That's where the, that's where the algorithm that designed them came into effect. And so it's like male or female, what kind of hairstyle, what color, eyeshadow, smoking, all kinds of like skin color. It's all kinds of crazy stuff to make them each unique. And that's something that's going to be used over and over again, as we talk about this, because that's, that's something that like the apes do and all the other ones that we're going to talk about in the future. Right. Um, Again, given out free, there's no really monetary. I mean, the, the people that created the project aren't getting any money from it. Um, since then, people have started to resell them. Obviously, you're seeing this site right now. So people are making money off of them. But that was never the original intent. That was sort of just a consequence of NFTs becoming a big deal. And when people buy these, it's sort of to get that like OG cred. They're like, yeah, I was back with, you know, cyberpunks was like a thing, you know, and or crypto punks. Sorry, crypto punks was a thing. Um, so that's, okay, that's, well, my question here is yeah. what is the difference between this and, say, digital card trading? Because I would doubt that Jarvis Landry gets a cut of whatever card that he was on and makes it to the digital market space and it makes it becomes profitable for some reason. I can't speak. I'm, I'm having a problem speaking. <laughs> this is good. But, uh, so can't speak. <laughs> it's full of marbles. Yep, yep, yep. But... uh. So, what, but what's the difference you know i don't know i don't know enough about digital cards to like tell you that but i mean if it sounds like what i think it is it seems like it's probably really close to an nft as well <laughs> i mean at that you have to look at okay if his image and likeness is being used on a card like that obviously he signed some type of agreement so he got paid up front before there was any chance of it being for money 
So once that happens, he's kind of free and clear of like whatever that takes life and, and does its own thing. That's it. He could buy it for himself if he wants to, and then resell it for even more if he really wants to. But I feel like his back end was already paid. Like he was contracted, paid for that image. After that, it's whatever. Right. Like it's it's I mean, whoever owns that image. And 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 we'll we'll touch on that because I also think that that's part of that is part of the promise, but not the actual delivery of NFTs. Um, and I think that there's some interesting stuff that could, probably could have happened and potentially still could happen, but hasn't. Um, so so yes. what, I, what I get right now from your story, like from what you're telling us is essentially it started with good intentions. Oh, yeah. And so obviously, as somebody, many through there. Yes, yeah. somebody took this and uh, obviously did some some fuckery with it. So, oh, and, and I'll tell you exactly when that happened. Okay. <laughs> the light in Austin's eyes that just. <laughs> <laughs> so I also want to hit on Crypto Kitties real quick, because I think it's also an interesting little study. Um, it was a it was a game it was based on a game. And it's to say it's a game is being very generous and. Basically, what you would do is you'd purchase a little kitty cat NFT, and then you would have them breed with another kitty cat NFT, and they would create another generation, right? So you you either buy or you find someone that has another NFT, and you breed them together, and then you get new NFTs out of that. And there's like like that. That's adorable. Cool down periods. And there's like, instead of like 10,000 with all these different traits, there's like different, there's like 200 something different genetic traits that it can plus random stuff that happens. And then there's cooldowns between breedings and things like that. And so that was another market that, that, and I think that that's innocent and I think that that's fun. I mean, so as much as we make fun of people that like have like influencer in their Twitter handle or like in their like bio or whatever, the fact that you could be an NFT breeder <laughs> could have been a fucking thing is so fucking wild to me right now. That is so bizarre. Oh my God. Well, and, and what do you do? I'm an NFT breeder. The future well, is now, old man. In, this, is, <laughs> this is also like at this point in time, like NFTs are super niche, like super, super niche. Like you have to be really in the crypto world to even know that any of this stuff was going on. And like it hadn't penetrated mainstream at all. At this time, um, is it backed by like a crypto coin, like Ethereum or Bitcoin? Yeah, they're all backed on on different coins. Some of them are not even like Ethereum or Bitcoin. I mean, they, they're like their own minted coins and, and things like that. So they Dogecoin so, to the moon, baby. Yeah, not, not yet. Not, <laughs> <laughs> not here yet. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really obscure, but that's about to change. So we're going to jump in time to last year, 2021. Oh, okay. Um, that's a big time jump. Ever heard of? Well, yeah, 2017 to 2021. It just sounds so different, right? <laughs> it does. <laughs> so, have you guys ever heard of a guy named Beeple? It no. sounds familiar. Maybe I'm mixing up like Beeple and Bebop, Cowboy Bebop. So, <laughs> so unlike the the cyberpunks or the cyber kitties, Beeple is is a dude. He's a guy. Um, he'd been around the digital art space for a while and he was active in like what is now the current like NFT space. He's a digital artist. He makes things, sells them as NFTs. Um, he sold several NFTs in like the six figure range. So he's made some money in, in NFTs. I mean, he seems like one of the, one of the big players. He's actually, I think at this point in time, he's the second, uh, wealthiest, uh, NFT creator. Wow. Okay. But in, in 2021, he kind of like got thrust into the mainstream when one of his NFTs, which is called Every Days, the first 5,000 days, 
was auctioned off at a Christie's auction, which is a major, major auction house for a staggering $69 million. Jesus. Nice. Yeah. Six and a half, but I think <laughs> nope, don't ruin it. Nice. Um, <laughs> and the and the project is cool. I mean, he he actually what he did is he created a new image every single day for five thousand days. That's a shit. Yeah, that, that's really years cool. And years and years. And then what he did is he stitched all five thousand of those images into one image, and he went ahead and, and got it booked at Christie's, and he sold that image. Did he sell that as like a physical art piece or like a nope. NFT? NFT. NFT. Oh, so they're it selling was, NFTs at auctions now. Yeah, it was one of the first NFTs that Christie's had ever had ever done, and it was I think it might have been the first time that they ever accepted a cryptocurrency as payment for an, a, a piece of art. So okay, it was okay. they got, so it got some it got some legitimacy there then, right? From and, like from a place like that, and that's important because not only did it like get an eye watering amount of money, because even for art, when you think of like a van gogh i mean like this is a shitload of money consider like even compared to physical masters art you know and yeah, what did van gogh ever do he cut off his ear yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> he did a lot and i don't want to like use my art school uh, dropout education talking about the the problems <laughs> with the <laughs> traditional art market although i could <laughs> but um but it's it was a big deal it's like holy shit there's this thing called nfts that we don't know about they, this guy just made $69 million and Christie's auctioned off the piece. Like this is insane. And it set off. this just like everything changed at this point. I like and it. He- Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the internet has ruined us. Yep. Yep. It, it really, really has. So I love that. Austin still has no idea what I referenced. <laughs> no. And I'm just going to keep going. Cause I'm just going to just roll over it and just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it, big deal. He made a lot of money. People were really excited for him because he'd been a digital artist for a long time. So like people in social media were like, Oh my God, congrats people. Well-deserved. You've worked in this space for such a long time. I've got a bit of, I have no problem whatsoever. And I'm saying this now, Dalton, and I mean it with artists making a lot of money on their work, right? Like I encourage that. I fucking love that, but we'll continue and you're going to see where this is going. Um, there was a little bit of i'm still i'm still waiting for the grift you always are it happens like halfway through and then you just like lose your soul, a part of your soul because i'm slowly consuming it <laughs> just like, like an energy vampire yes what <laughs> i don't know i don't know <laughs> i was trying to suck in and i don't have the lung power yet because you gave me covid um <laughs> christopher says you know how to suck in just fine <laughs> I'm on one today. <laughs> I'm on fire. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but you're on one. Um, so the guy who actually bought this NFT that we talked about for $69 million is suspected to be a dude named Vignesh Sun. Oh God, this last name's going to kill me. Sundarison. Spit it out, you racist. Sundarison. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me it was that fucking guy that bought the Wu-Tang album too, that pharma bro. Oh, no, no, not Martin Scarroll. No, no, no. He's got nothing to do with this story. Um, Sundarison. Be right was, up his alley, I feel like. NFTs it's actually, ain't nothing to fuck with. Yeah. If he wasn't in jail, I bet he would have been doing it. I think he was in prison at this time. Um, Sundarison was... Uh, found, after we get done recording this, yeah, give me like the little sad story on this Wu-Tang album buyer guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's this guy sucks. He's terrible. Yeah. Um, so Sundarison was the founder of uh, a now defunct cryptocurrency exchange called Coinsy. Um, and it seems by all accounts that that venture went 
belly up and he allegedly made off with some of his current of <laughs> some of his customers cryptos so hmm. the guy who bought the 69 million dollar nft a little shady um not good yeah the accusations that were he was running the site on his own and while he was running the site he was actually trading other people's cryptos without them knowing about it Ponzi um, scheme yeah a little bit <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Uh, he claimed to have sold the company before all of that happened, but there's literally zero verification that a sale ever took place. So wow, he stole a bunch of money allegedly, and he jumped into the NFT world and he created a new company called MetaPurse, which is a crypto-based investment firm, which should automatically set off a lot of buzzers. But this is 2021. Crypto, like NFTs, are a new thing, and no one was really wise to it. Um, all right, so this is gonna be a little, maybe a little complicated. I'm gonna try to break it down as e- as as simply as I can. Um, so this company MetaPurse, right, with the shady dude who started the company, it uh, purchased a number of NFTs to like house in a collection, right? And it's basically, it's like, hey, we're gonna have all these NFTs. They're gonna exist almost like a fund, you know, like almost like a like a hedge fund. It's like, oh, when you invest with us you are investing in all of these different NFTs collectively, right? And then depending on the value of the NFTs, we just have to sell it. All of you will get shares based on the sales of these NFTs. That sounds sketchy. That sounds <laughs> yeah, that's really like sketchy. imaginary. It's all imaginary. That's, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, I don't know if I like that at yeah, all. Yeah, so, and, and this guy had also purchased a bunch of uh, earlier Beeple work. Um, and in fact, People had turned out after the auction and they'd found out people that people found out that Beeple had a 2% stake in this company. So he has a stake in this company that just paid $69 million for his NFT. Nice. Yep. So here's when it even gets shadier. In order to purchase into this investment vehicle, and that's what we'll call it. We'll call it an investment vehicle. You had to purchase this MetaPurse's own cryptocurrency. Which is oh, called, don't like that at all. <laughs> called B20. <laughs> so you buy B20 and you own a percent. And B20 is backed, like instead of the federal government, which is backed on the promise of the federal government, like the dollar is backed on the federal government. This is backed on this collection, right? This B20 coin. Okay. Um, so the yeah, it, it it it's a whole crazy thing. Basically, uh, Sundarison owns 59% of all the B20 coins, Beeple's got 2%. And I think something like 15% were actually released to the public. So there's something like 1.5 million coins were publicly available and people were like buying it up. But when he bought this Beeple piece for $69 million, people freaked out. They were like, holy shit, this thing's worth $69 million. Like we need to buy more of this B20 coin because this investment opportunity is too good to walk away from. This is the most expensive NFT to date. It's now part of this investment collection, this investment vehicle. Okay, but in my head, that's like me going to, I don't know, like McDonald's and them saying this McDonald's money is worth 20 Big Macs. If you hold on for a while, this McDonald's money will increase in value and you'll get 25 Big Macs. But that's not, it's not promised on anything. It's McDonald's money. Right. You know, they're the one that controls their currency. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it, I call it, I say hedge fund because hedge funds are investors that they're also like, you know, asset management companies are like, they buy all different things. You know, hedge funds are different because they buy like artwork and they buy, they don't just buy companies. They buy all kinds of like weird investment tools. Right. And then if you, inv- you give money to the, 
the hedge fund, your value increases based on the properties that they have, the things that they have increasing in value as well. It's okay, it's all sense. bullshit. It's all none of it's real. None of it's none of it, but but at least with a hedge fund, you have a physical thing, right? Like a hedge fund bought a Van Gogh painting that they know is going to appreciate in value because that's the way the art market works, because it's also a money laundering scheme. And we're not going to get into that. But you know that like it's going to increase, but you also have something physically at the end of the day. This is like a hedge fund without anything physical. Like you can't take any of these NFTs with you or do anything with them. So it's like, but neither can you, you can't do that with a painting either. What are you going to do with a painting? Hang it up. You sell it. Just look at it. You can well, sell you, it in We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> my, my famous words to you is we'll get there. Um, so after he bought the, the big people, the $69 million uh, piece, the hype around the event and the press coverage and the, the auction price just sent the B20 coins to the moon. If you pardon that stupid expression, <laughs> they were at, 36 cents per token and after the purchase of the 69 million dollar people piece it went up to 26 dollars oof yeah. cash out there bud <laughs> take your money yep. and run yeah so this would actually <laughs> sundra seen anywhere from 88 to 135 million dollars based on his shares which more than pays for the 69 million that he spent on buying the people nft Right. And people got 69 mil plus his 2%. Yeah, which is about wow. 3 million. So it's an additional wow. 3 million. He made wow. some money. Yep. Yeah. So I, it, by all accounts, it looks like they both cashed out very quickly. Like it peaked and they were like, bye. Um, <laughs> and immediately the value of the B20s started dropping. Uh, today, they are worth about 40 cents. Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna get in on that. Just and they fucking off again. Nobody, they take it off again. They got their, they got their money. Uh, that's they, a, they, that's a fucking grift, man. Right there, that is a, that's a yeah, beautiful yeah. grift. Yeah, that, 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 that's a grift. I, I will 100 percent say yeah. that's a grift. And, and I gotta say, I, you know, I'd be the first one. This is I'm sad to tell you, this is a pretty common uh, scam in the crypto world and the NFT world. Um, what they do is they find a way to like overvalue the coin that they're trying to hawk. They hold on to the majority of the coins until they think it hits peak. And then they dump everything and they pull as much actual liquid money out of them as they can. And they leave the other investors standing. Keep in mind when I say this, hold that bag. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind when I say this, I'm not in the NFT world. I don't know a fucking thing about NFTs. Right. (laughs) I've seen things that people I know have put up and that's it. Right. Everything I've ever seen that's a non-fungible, is it fungible or fungible? Fungible. Fungible. Everything that I've seen that's a non-fungible token has been backed through Ethereum, which is like an incredibly popular cryptocurrency, right? It's like the most common besides Bitcoin. I've never seen anything that's backed by like a secondary coin. There's a lot. There's a lot. And you, I think what you're seeing, you're seeing is probably most of the stuff you see is on uh, available in OpenSea. Yeah. which uses Ethereum blockchain to mint all of the NFTs. But that's not the only one. That's also not to say that they're not minted on Ethereum and then sold in another cryptocurrency. That's a pretty common thing too. It gets very complicated. I mean, we literally could do an entire, we could scrap this show and just do something on crypto and have <laughs> have things to talk about for years. Like I'm really just trying to hit the high notes um, and not getting like too bogged down too deep in the details because a, a certain point I kind of like lose the plot and I'm like, what the fuck is that? You know? And B there's just so much of it going on in such a short span of time. It's really hard to dissect it all. 
yeah, between COVID and you going through this, like you, you sent us some messages that you were like, I'm eight pages deep. There's all this going on. I I, I don't know. The what documents. Do I've got like, the documents. This, <laughs> oh, this, man. This one did two things to me. This is the most red stringy episode I've written to date for sure. <laughs> and this is also, I think I, I texted you both. This is like, if anything turns me into the fucking Joker, it's going to be this episode. I'm so, this thing has made me so crazy. <laughs> Give me Joker. Fat Austin. I'm just like, you got boxes just, and boxes of Pepe. You got boxes <laughs> and boxes of Pepe. And, Pepe coin, Pepe coin, Pepe. Coin? No, no, there's no fucking Pepe. It's I've got all this Shiba coin here. I don't know what to do with it. So, okay. so, so last night I am I had I was running for my job. I had to run pretty much all over Manhattan. And I ended up taking six different Uber trips in one day, which that is like, like a fucking nightmare. It was a nightmare. Yes, it was a nightmare day. I I was not happy. I got no actual work done because I was all over the place. So anyway. I ended up taking an Uber home because I was exhausted and I was like, I'm just not fucking with anything. And I get in the car and the guy starts talking about investment opportunities. And I'm just like in the backseat going, please fucking no. This is all I've been living and breathing for the last <laughs> few weeks. I don't want to talk about this stuff. And he started, and then he asked me, this is like something that happened. And it was like, he's like, what do you know about NFTs? And I was like, oh, fuck, man. Are you fuck. sure this wasn't like a fucking fever dream from COVID or something? Right, right. Oh, no. <laughs> this is so wild. No, he was talking about crypto and then he asked about NFTs. And I said, oh, it's funny. I'm actually writing about NFTs. This sounds like an Alex Jones story, but it actually happened. <laughs> you see, <laughs> I was in the back of an Uber. <laughs> so I think I convinced him. I think I've convinced him that NFTs were a scam. But then as I'm like getting out of the door, he said, oh, yeah, he goes, well, I missed the Doge hype. So I've decided to put a bunch of money into Shiba coin. And I just wanted to go. I had a coworker today try to tell uh, me to invest in Shiba yeah. coin. I'm just like, I, I said, you know, I'm like, there's only so much I can do. Hopefully I've convinced him that NFTs are a scam. I don't have enough time. We're at my house. I'm getting out of the car. And he's like, what do you think about Shiba coin? And I was like, good luck, man. Good luck. I can't. So that's going to be the next one that's going to blow up, and whoever has the most of it's going to leave everybody holding the bag, just like they did with uh, what was it Doge over the summer last Doge. summer? Yeah, Elon's going to tweet about Sheba pretty soon. Uh, that's all it takes. It. Like yeah. Elon or Mark Cuban tweeting out about one of those, then it'll go crazy. Yep. Anyway, now we're more or less caught up to the present, right? We have the people thing and that scam and all that stuff. And um, today we got fucking apes. We have so many fucking apes really quick we got the board ape yacht club um is the original but there's also mutinate yacht club board ape chemistry club board ape kennel club primate planet apocalyptic apes apes in space Saul apes board ape outcast society fake ape yacht club and rumble kong and those are just the ones that i really just very quickly looked up and found there's a shitload more of them um, also lions lions are really taking off right yeah, now Yeah, lions are taking off too that's another one but I, i'm kind of just focused on the apes because i think that they're really atrocious and they're getting a lot of mainstream attention and i think that that's super dangerous but here i just go. think cute cats would be fun i don't, I don't know why they got a with the internet a nice little right. pirate cat with an eye patch that'd be really cool that's really cute what about a lucha cat with a mask on oh El gato. Like yeah you could do lucha cats like a whole yeah. thing of lucha cats. yeah all different kinds all different masks and stuff yeah that'd be sorry mine. guys the podcast that's, that's was canceled NFT we're getting into out. the grift world yes i'm doing i'm doing <laughs> lucha cat nfts maybe we should do that for a patreon like we'll give out free nfts to our, our patron subscribers i don't know anything about the blockchain well we can figure it out 
<laughs> Listen, if something I have an artist on call, I could literally text him right now and he'll have something for me tomorrow. So we could get yeah. this. We could figure this you out. Just plug it into an algorithm and you make 10,000 different Lucha cats. Yeah. Shout out JCP, right? That's yeah. <laughs> JCP designs does all my stuff for IWTV and uh, maybe more. You know, we get him to do some more stuff. He, he, he did some really fun stuff today. Just just on a whim, just just to fuck with uh, Ziggy Heim today so can you draw um, me a spider-man what's that huh? can you draw me a spider-man like as a little spider-man guy like with the mask off and i'm like shooting a little web like, i'm sure he could draw all of us as superheroes if you wanted to Ooh, okay just saying like we could do some really fun uh even catch my grift nft designs with us <laughs> we are in on the grid. I never saw that plot, yeah, but, but it's coming. Yeah, we get in on the grid. I would feel I would feel morally compromised to sell them. <laughs> but oh, yeah. if we, it was nothing for sale, but if yeah. it was an incentive for our you know a Patreon, I could totally get behind that. Yeah, join the Patreon, get a Lucha Cat NFT. Yes. Yeah, and, and we're being serious. Like the Patreon is coming very. very yeah, soon. the bit is no longer a bit. <laughs> Patreon <are> coming. Soon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> details being ironed out after this podcast ends today. True, yeah, <laughs> and then look for it soon. All right. So, Board Ape is a Board Ape Yacht Club is a series of ten thousand apes. Sounds familiar, right? Like crypto punks uh, created again using an algorithm. So each one is unique, um, which to me just says. Anybody making an argument that this is about for art, that like this is about artists, is full of shit, right? Like there was an initial artist that hopefully got paid. I think they did. I'm actually pretty sure they did to create some of the 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 different characteristics that went into the algorithm, but they didn't actually generate ten thousand pictures, and they didn't get paid for ten thousand pictures. So people are like, oh, it supports artists. That's not true. N- not with these big, you know, these big projects that go on, um, but there's something different about the apes and I kind of alluded to it earlier and it's not just how many celebrities are endorsing him. Um, it, it like, did you guys see that weird interaction between Paris Hilton and yeah. I, whenever I was making the hype video for this episode, I, I, that was one of the clips I downloaded, but yeah. then I found that one guy that was just fucking hilarious and had to yeah. use that. But the Jimmy Fallon Paris Hilton things is so strange because it seems so forced and like there's no enthusiasm about what they're talking about yet they're like are you sure that's uh, not just Paris Hilton it was both of them <laughs> the, the, like, I'm saying like just like her as a person because I, outside of one tape I saw a few years ago there's very oh little enthusiasm that comes out of Paris Hilton she's I mean she's a hustler <laughs> she's she's been like in relevance she's got a new television show on Peacock I mean like she's she's stuck around you gotta have the some, hype of, but she the, also thought Walmart sold walls so well that's just the peak of relevancy memory. Peacock I, I don't think it has anything to do with her 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 delivery and her presence. I think that she's got that down. I think there's something else weird going on. Um, but it, it gets way beyond that in terms of like celebrity endorsements or celebrity owners of um of board ape board apes. Um Logan Paul, Eminem, Ashton Kutcher, Justin Bieber, Kevin Hart, Post Malone. Gwyneth fucking Paltrow, Snoop Dogg, Dogg, Lil Baby, Travis Barker, Waka Flocka Flame, Shaq, Serena Williams, which I'm surprised by, and Mark Cuban all have apes. And that's like a condensed list of people that I knew. There were a lot of people on that list. I had no idea who they were. So I was like, then you would probably know Dalton. And I was like, I don't know who that is. (laughs) Um, Almost all of those. Wow. Yeah. I know Post Malone had stuff. That's cool. Yep. 
trust fund baby steve aoki he owns 11 apes because he just you mean dj and cake thrower steve aoki he's a fucking trust fund baby (laughs) he throws cake that's so much fun his dad founded benihana the restaurant i don't know what that is yeah i know they don't have them down there you know what that is charlie right yeah i've heard of it yeah yeah some movies and tv and show like you've heard the name benihana yeah. Anyway, his dad started that. Left his him and his sister a shitload of money, which is why he's able to be a DJ. <laughs> Let's be honest. Pew, 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 pew. I mean, I love Paris Shelton was a DJ at one point too, right? And yeah, but DJing. you can't compare that though. Like Paris Shelton has like a ghost producer. That's a whole nother. We can we could that that's an episode if you catch my grift. <laughs> Fucking Shaquille O'Neal, DJ so, Khaled. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sorry. Saying that there was obviously something off with with that. Well, maybe she was paid to promote. I mean, like they're trying to get. Obviously, there's a thing here where like these millionaires are, you know, hinting at whatever people are going crazy because that's just how the internet works nowadays. They're jumping on these like different cryptocurrencies. Maybe they thought maybe oh we'll get Paris Hilton to jump in on it. We'll get the ditzy crowd to jump in on on NFTs. They have no idea what the fuck they're doing. That aren't tech savvy. I, I kind of see where they're going with this. They're trying to get people out there to like that don't know have or have any clue what an NFT is to kind of look into it and maybe drop money on it so that they can get everyone's money. Because what do you want to do if you're grifting people, man? You yep. want everybody's money. Well, what is and, late night with Jilly, Jimmy Fallon really the market for that? Though that's my well, question. We'll get to that for for, for that kind of crowd. Absolutely, yeah, I, think so. I think so. Late night TV is mm-hmm. so uh, mainstream. On top of all that. You've got the new queen of the NFTs, who's Reese Witherspoon. And she really she's actually started her own NFT line called World of Women. And she is super into NFTs. So she tweeted this out. She goes, In the near future, every person will have a parallel digital identity. Avatars, crypto wallets, digital goods will be the norm. Are you planning for this? So she is NFT pilled. And she's got her whole line that's like that's like set up world of women. It's an NFT line. Um, and even your your boy Dalton, I know you love him because he played for Tampa Bay. Uh Tom Brady. Uh, uh whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you just say I was a fucking Buccaneers fan? Go wash your mouth up with soap, motherfucker. <laughs> Dirty birds, let's go. He gave he gave yeah, right. It's like a few, <laughs> few years of rebuilding, brother. I hate to break it to you. Um, but he gave one of the reasons for his retirement is this his desire to focus on his new NFT venture called Autograph, which recently raised 170 million dollars in venture capitalists funding. So this is not about artists anymore at this point. Like this is big fucking money. When VC money gets thrown into it, it's about making money. Like they, these guys are not interested in anything other than a big return on their investment. That's, that's it. That's, that's it. Where did all these celebrities find out about crypto? Well, I'm glad you asked that Dalton. (laughs) Somebody get me the ghostbusters. So I want to read you something really quickly from Mac, Max Reed's um, excellent Substack, which is called Read Max. See it there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Words. All right. Pay, pay attention. This one goes deep. This is this is the red string stuff, right? Well, like um, Charlie from Always Sunny. Yeah. This is this is that meme. You're about if you if you can picture that in your head. Here we go. Did you know, for example, that Jimmy Fallon is represented by CAA? which is an investor in the NFT marketplace OpenSea and which recently signed a deal to represent NFT collector 
Zero-XB1, who owns NFTs from Board Ape Yacht Club and World of Women, which is Reese Witherspoon's NFT company. Yeah, draw those oh, lines. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Did you also know that another CAA client, Ashton Kutcher, is also an investor in OpenSea through his company, Sound Ventures, or that Kutcher will be starring in a Netflix rom called called Your Place or Mine with Reese Witherspoon, the most prominent owner of World of Women NFTs, who also happens to be married to a CAA agent. Oh, okay. Okay. We're, we're venturing pretty far into conspiracy land here. I don't think it's conspiracy if you can prove it. Um, <laughs> or that the people behind World of Women and Board Ape Yacht Club are both represented by uh, Kutcher's partner in Sound Ventures, the music manager Guy Ossery. Did you know that Ossery's other major ventures these days is Pear Pop, a platform for connecting TikTok influencers to celebrities for collaborations, a platform used by none other than Paris Hilton. Hmm. Okay. So there's like a little paper trail of everyone that's getting involved there are it sounds like they're getting involved and they're telling their fucking buddy like hey this shit man we'll make a fuck ton of money it sounds like caa which is a huge massive um agency it's our artist reps artist agents um is, is telling all of their clients that have any sort of like social relevance that they need to not only they either they're given these apes or they they are advised to buy these apes and so the, they're pimping their clients out basically yeah because they have a share in open sea which is the main exchange that is selling these board apes holy shit it's a grift it happened <laughs> yep there it is <laughs> well, there's the turning point i'm gonna put a but it's a grift but this specific branch of NFTs is a grift. The board, the ape, the ape collection. But this is where, I mean, this is where the vast majority of the money is at right now, right? right? And this is where the vast majority of promoting NFTs as a concept is right now, right? Okay. Like, there's always going to be little people that are doing like one-off stuff, but like board ape and the apes and the lions, like that's the that's the that's the mainstream, the the closest to mainstream of these NFTs. Okay, so question. I follow uh, anybody that's out there listening that is like in the hardcore scene at all. They'll know who I'm talking about. There's this guy called Sonny. He's a photographer and a videographer for a whole bunch of hardcore bands. Yeah, he's got a huge platform on Twitter, right? And he goes and films these sometimes large bands, sometimes really small bands and puts them up on his Patreon, on his Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Keep in mind, this is a brown-skinned man, right? So, of course, you're going to have some shitheads that are going to fucking say racist, fucking uh, awful comments towards them, right? A few weeks ago, I'll say a few weeks ago, probably like a week ago, somebody made a meme of him, and there was like this ISIS background behind him, right? And they tweeted it at him. And so what he did was took the meme, made it an NFT, and started selling it. It made 100 NFTs out of it and started selling it. And in the comments, people were like, oh, you fucking asshole. I can't believe you would get involved with this, blah, blah, blah. You're supposed to be a leftist, blah, blah, blah. And this is where, like, I made my decision, like, oh, this is like this. This is just a reactionary topic. This is reactionary politics right here. And that's where, like, I kind of made up my mind, like, oh, this is just a fucking distraction. This is it. This is just, like, normie reactionary politics at work. Well. Because the bad guy in this situation wasn't the fucking racist. Right. The bad guy was the guy that took this racist comment 
and flipped it in a way to make some money off of it. Right. So it's funny that you said that, you know, this was a distraction because this whole time I've been hearing about all, all this stuff that, you know, Austin's been telling us, I feel like the shadow government is, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know you guys got me watching shit. Okay. So the shadow government got everybody involved with NFTs and it's, it's taken all these people's attention away from things that actually need attention. And we're going to go down one of two roads. Like the, the thing that got me was Reese Witherspoon saying, oh, you know, we're going to have this digital identity online and da, 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 and the metaverse the and all this shit, state, right? Charlie. <laughs> so here's the thing. Do you really think in like the next 20 years that like we're going to be as connected as they think we are? Or is it going to be the complete opposite where like we have food and water shortages and we're fucking fighting like it's fucking apocalypse out there? Like right on the money. We are I in like late stage capitalism is, and this, this fucking is so, shit is rumbling. I don't see it going the way they think it's going. Like, I think it's a distraction for them because when shit goes sideways, they're going to be so fucking confused. And it's not going to matter. Like, I, oh, I, don't I, know. I did it. I won. I won. <laughs> I'm the winner on this episode. I did it. I fucking did it. You can't take this from me. You broke me. You I think broke so. Me. Here's what I think. I, and I'm going to I'm going to address both of those scenarios. I think one, I think the reason that anybody who represents as a lefty that gets mad about crypto, first of all, I think it's really misguided. But second of all, it comes from a place where crypto in general is like a very libertarian territory right these are not government backed that's perfect it's free market capitalism that's exactly what libertarians believe right and that's a far right ideology so when when people on the left get upset about this it's because they're mad at libertarians I, honestly i don't give a shit about any of that you know like i i feel bad i'm we'll, and we'll obviously continue to talk about this but i feel bad about the people who i think are ultimately going to be affected by this in a negative way you know as for deep state stuff, like that's a hell of a conspiracy because these this stuff is so unregulated. At the same time, there's so many like really big, you know, capital interests that are investing in it right now because they think it's a quick way to make a buck. And if it was up to a lot, I mean, and, and truthfully, a lot of these VC guys are at their core libertarians. Like they don't want any sort of regulation. They want to be able to do whatever they want without any sort of government interference. So this is like a paradise for them. Like Peter Thiel, giant libertarian, loves crypto shit for this reason, because he's like, I don't want to be regulated. And I don't want to pay tax. And that's where they hit. Um, they didn't for, buy to make a big push for uh, cryptocurrencies to be regulated in this new year. I mean, I heard that sometime last year. I think there's, 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 I think there's a lot of government intervention that's, creeping in on crypto spaces and i think that a lot of people that are like hardcore crypto folks are freaking out because they realize that it's all just tissue paper which economics. which which i do not like because i know some fucking some that take cryptocurrency as payment because it's, it's untraceable you can't trace it right it's not though and we're going to talk about that too here we oh, go okay so i will just say in in addition to being influencers as we just kind of discussed these people have very obvious business interests in nfts right there's there's clearly a conflict of interest but since nfts aren't regulated in any way they could say whatever they want like can you imagine paris hilton going on and talking about what stocks she's investing in right right yeah that would be a wild wild thing to do she's like hey let's go on jimmy fallon and talk about mutual funds no, how about a whole bunch of apple the other day like who fucking cares yeah like nobody cares about that but this for some reason is 
this speculative. Well, it's something that I think what makes it different is I'm not, this is like not an in defense thing. This is more arguing to your point. What makes it different is if she went there to talk about what stocks she would be investing in, she would come like with a graph, right? And a chart. But when she's talking about what NFT project she's investing in, she shows up with a picture that you can see, you know, with yeah. artwork on it. Yeah. And that I think that's the difference. It, she's bringing in something that catches their eye. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, let me go get one of these fucking cool things that Paris Hilton showed up with. So I can change my fucking Twitter avatar to that. Right. But here's the other thing, too. This is what kind of annoys me more than anything else is that all of these celebrities will be fine. Right. They're all going to yeah. be fine. Yeah. They're not going to lose any money. They, they're, they're never going to lose money because you know what? Everybody's going to be in fucking line to buy Mark Cuban's ape or Paris Hilton's ape or Logan Paul's ape. Like they're, they're never going to lose money on this, but it's the guy who buys that. They're probably going to lose their fucking shirt. Um, uh, so, yeah. So move on a little bit. Even GameStop, this company that has been in the news for everything other than the fact that they sell games. <laughs> has um start they're getting in on the action they partnered with a company called immutable x uh to set up their own nft exchange because this will end well um as part of the deal gamestop was paid just under 15 million imx tokens which is immutable x's own token not 15 million dollars 15 million tokens i'll bet it's worth six dollars on trade in well yeah. <laughs> i got that joke Understand that. um so immediately follow the the announced partnership, they turned around and dumped those 15 million tokens for $47 million. God they understood. <laughs> they understood. They're like, this is the peak, right? The announcement, people get excited. We don't really have to do anything after that. And they turn around and it, right after they dump $47 million worth of these tokens, the value of the coins dropped by 23%. <laughs> so yep. in let's talk about like what an NFT is, right? Let's get into that. We've talked about the history. We've talked about like the dangers of the celebrities sort of promoting it. I want to talk about the actual NFTs. So in order to buy or trade crypto, you need a wallet. And this is basically a string of characters. It's like your bank account, but it's like your crypto wallet number, um, more or less. With a little sleuthing, you can actually figure out some of the bigger traders behind certain wallet wallets. So there is some transparency like if you can associate a wallet to a user then you know everything that they've ever done so the the anonymous stuff it's not really true it's i mean it is if they never if they go and they make one trade and one transfer but if they making multiple trades and you can kind of figure out who's doing it which is not that hard there's like people dedicated to doing this and identifying certain wallet numbers it's not nearly as secret and anonymous which is why a lot of these drug dealers that were using Silk Road on the dark web and they were like, oh, we're using Bitcoin. They'll never catch me. They're getting caught. <laughs> like they're getting busted. <laughs> it's it's a real thing that I, it was like, there's a few things about crypto that have been touted as like the reasons we want to use it. And they've all turned out to be mostly bullshit. Um, okay. okay. So there's, having said that, there's also nothing stopping people from having multiple wallets. Right, having multiple right. of these these unique identifying codes, and what you see in a lot of these spaces, and Charlie, you sent me an article about this, which we were going to talk about, is called is a thing called washing. And basically, what washing is is a holder of an NFT has multiple wallets and sells the NFT back and forth to themselves through different Interesting. wallets and inflates the value artificially. 
Okay. Well, now we're getting into grift territory. Yeah. Well, this is this is where we're gonna break it down, like piece by piece by piece. So when you see NFT people hyping the value of these tokens or the NFTs, know that the only reason they're doing that is to attract retail investors, right? And a retail investor can easily buy one of the NFTs thinking it's a good investment based on its history, right? They're like, right. oh, look at this thing. Like you could see the entire buying and selling history on the blockchain because that's just the receipt of the sales. Like that's a recording of the transactions that have happened. So they're like, oh my God, in a year and a half, this has gone from $700 to $70,000. Like clearly there's interest in this item. If I buy it at $70,000 or $80,000, I'm going to be able to sell it for $100,000 if I hold on to it long enough. But most of that is bullshit because that price was inflated by the owner or by a couple of people. Okay. Okay. Now, now I'm starting to understand. I'm starting to get a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, what happens is, is like you buy in at a certain price and then you turn around and you're like, oh, there's no sellers or there's no buyers. There's no more buyers. Nobody's going to want this thing. Like I paid way too much for an item that basically doesn't mean anything because I got duped because this is a, again, a completely unregulated market. Right. Okay. Okay. I get it. I get your concerns. So, I, I mean, but also like, in theory, right? Who cares? This person liked the, the the item, the NFT that they wanted. They liked the image and they wanted to buy that, right? Like that's that's the theory. It's like, oh, it's all about the art. So they liked this board ape. They thought this ape was really fucking cool. Well, I think I think that goes, I think to define the whole fuck, I hate myself. To define the whole genre of NFT as this one thing, I feel like would be a mistake, kind of. I think it is for this. We need to just include like your fucking apes or lions or goddamn whatever wolves, you know, you know what I talk about these algorithm generated NFTs. I think that is where the center of the grift is. Right. I don't think these people like uh hate five, six that has talked about that. They made that racist fucking meme NFT and try to profit off of that. I don't think that's necessarily a grift. I don't think photographers trying to sell the digital images isn't necessarily a grift, but these people that are focusing in on these mainstream deals and their agents are fucking telling them to get this NFT because they own a percentage of the company that's hosting these NFTs. I think that is the grift. <laughs> well, okay. And I, and I, and I get that and I understand that, but I'm also saying that just because it's a scam doesn't mean some people aren't making money on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm saying NFTs as a concept is a scam, but there's, there are right. people making money off of it. So your photographer is making money off of it. You know, your, your friends are making money off of it, but that doesn't mean it's not a scam. Right. That that's, that's my, that's my sole argument. It also is that, I mean, like people buy NFTs to make money. That's it. Like if you were interested in those photographers work, I'm sure the photographer would sell a print of their work. Right. If that was your actual motivation for buying this piece, you would do it in a different way. And then you'd have something to hang up. You see in my apartment, I have a shitload of art up on my wall because I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Like I don't have any NFTs because I Austin, can't hang you've seen my wall. walls. What do I have on my walls? Nothing. Because you always think you're going to get evicted or run out of town. <laughs> I hate There's lots of holes punched in them too, Kyle. No, no. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I have, these scars are from like high school. It's fine. <laughs> there was a phase. <laughs> so... Basically, like the way that I'm, I'm kind of picturing this in my mind is if it's a pie chart, there's a very slim piece that is like legitimate NFT usage between artists and people that are like 
trying to use it for what it was intended for originally yeah yeah and then the rest of that pie like the other 99 percent of that pie is grifty 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 yeah yeah people trying to make a buck they're trying to make some money they want to use this as an investment tool that's why it moved some like from monograph which is like i have a question also this is i don't mean to interrupt you i'm sorry Uh, that just came to my head and if i don't say it i'm gonna forget it but I don't have to say now because I'm sure you don't know right now. It's not right in front of you. But I want you to look into two people when this episode is over and we can kind of do an update on the next episode. Eric Andre and Tony Hawk. I want you to see who their agents are. Okay. Because those are two celebrities that I really respected that happened to get in on the NFT game lately. And I don't want I don't want it. I don't want them to be bad people. I really, <laughs> really don't want Tony Hawk to be a bad person. Do you want me to look it up right now? Do, do, sure. Do yeah, we have time? Let's look it up. Man. Yeah, I'll right. real quick. Oh, yep. Tony Hawk, CAA. Son of a bitch. Ah, <laughs> no. Eric Andre? No, he seems good. Okay. He just seems like he's plugged into internet shit. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, Tony, Tony, Tony. Um, so bottom line, people buy NFTs to make money, right? And 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 what happens is people that buy into this shit end up with a very expensive NFT that has no market. And I think that's why it's so dangerous to see Paris Hilton and Jimmy Fallon talking about owning their apes because it's like free advertising. Right. Yeah. You know? Okay. I get like, that. Okay. If, yeah. If, I get it now. Right. So like, okay, I understand what the big deal was with Paris now. Okay, I get it now. And and here's the thing is if she was selling a physical item, like a product or service, she would have to say, according to the FTC or buddies of the FTC, she would have to say that it's an advertising. You have to identify that it's an advertisement if you're selling a product or service, but she's selling neither of those. And NFT is neither of those things. So she can get away with going on Jimmy Fallon talking about her ape and never say this is an advertisement for selling apes. Okay, so hold on. Um, Eric Andre is signed with UTA. UTA has recently signed CryptoPunks, MuBits, and Autoglyphs as as, as their clients. So I'm going to headbutt a fucking wall. Literally, what you get when you buy an NFT is your name on the blockchain as the owner of a link. You don't own the URL. You own the link to the piece of art. You don't own the artwork. You can't reproduce it. You can't make money off of the artwork. You could sell the digital blockchain receipt. That's it. So that would be like me going to, I don't know, CVS and getting the receipt and going to somebody like, hey, you want to buy this? Yeah, you want to buy these cough drops receipt? <laughs> I don't own the cough drops. I just own the receipt. And then going, yes, there's nothing. There's nothing there. It, you, you can't own the rights to something because, again, NFTs are not regulated. Then so why you, the fuck are people getting mad about right click save? Exactly. It's because they don't know what they're buying. They think that they're buying the exclusive rights to an image, and they're not. Okay. They're buying literally a receipt to a URL. And if for some reason that URL it becomes inactive. They don't own anything. Nothing. Interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't even understand. I, did, that. I okay, didn't know that at all. That. Jeez, all right. Yeah, it, it's it's all. Like, if you buy a painting in real life, you own the painting, right? You get Wait, the Austin, painting. why didn't you lead with that? 
I'm, I'm, I'm because I'm. We're getting into it. We're getting into. <laughs> I wanted to make you think you were right for a little while before I proved you you were wrong. I didn't know if I was right. Hold on, let's backtrack for a second. I'm not a staunch I'm NFT kidding. defender. I know. I'm you know? <laughs> I was, but I, brother, that's, I, that's... I don't want my DMs are a fucking war zone. I don't. Want, <laughs> I don't need to add anything to it. You just it, it, there's nothing there. Like there's no actual ownership because there's nothing to convey ownership because the ownership is requires enforcement. Right. And that requires some sort of like system, an organized system. But the, but crypto doesn't do that. And NFTs don't do that. Like you can't enforce ownership. You you can't enforce your copyright because you're not actually transferring copyright because that's a legal process. And this operates outside of legality. Right. It's its own thing. It's unregulated. There's not there's no rules to it. And so this thing is evolving so fast that lawmakers can't really keep up with it. Uh, well, I'm telling you what, the second somebody starts to try to like a big come a big project starts to mint Disney uh, assets, they're going to be in a world of hurt because Disney will swoop in and enforce their copyrights so fucking hard. Are they we rooting for Disney right now? Uh-huh. Are we rooting for Disney? No, right I'm just telling you what actually <laughs> will happen. So do you think that the government will regulate NFTs or they will regulate themselves from uh, trading stocks first. Which one will happen first? I don't think either. I <laughs> well, I mean, the government will regulate trading themselves stocks first. I think they're never going to regulate this because I think it's going to blow up before that even happens. Side shout out, going to pop before yeah. that. Oh yeah, okay. without a doubt. Side shout out, John Ostoff, Georgia politician, go Georgia. He is introducing a bill to Congress to yep. try to regulate politicians trading stock. Yeah, there's a few. There's actually a few bipartisan bills, which would be good because those fuckers should not be trading stocks. I don't give a shit what yeah. party you're from. There's no regulation with NFTs. That also means that um, you're not protected if your wallet is hacked or stolen. So there's no like identity fraud company out there. Nothing you can do. You just get out that money. You can't. There's no. There's no cops you can call if shit gets stolen. You're on your own. Now some of the individual exchanges can, you know, like say, hey, we if you can prove to us that this is your NFT, we won't sell it. OpenSea does that, and then they'll halt sales. But there's nothing else they can do, which is why I love seeing like there's nothing sadder than seeing like dudes, and they're mostly dudes who have their wallets hacked and they get on Twitter and they're like at FBI, my, my monkeys got stolen and I don't know you should help. I need you to step in. And it's like, you're in an unregulated market. You don't get that protection, dude. <laughs> so essentially like, what would it, like, what would stop a company from giving all these NFTs like out there and then doing it themselves and just fucking stealing everything from everybody. There's nothing. And it happens all the time. Okay. And I'll talk about it right now, but I've got it later in the thing. It's called a rug pull. And it's when developers literally create an NFT project. They hype it up. People buy it. People buy into the NFT and then they just suddenly overnight, they disappear and it's gone. And people have NFTs that are fucking gone. They don't don't exist anymore because the URL doesn't exist anymore. And the person who created the project is loaded as all this money, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they're gone and they disappear. And I've seen multiple NFTs started by the same groups of people with different names that have done this over and over and over again. It's the wild west. Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing that came to mind to me was like, well, if it's unregulated, you could and you can get rid of it that quick, then yep. I could just fucking open oh, up an NFT yeah. house. That, and that's where that's where my brain went. And, and, yep. and roll the fuck away. And it's happening a lot. It does happen quite a bit. If, if okay. I do that, could I just admit it openly since it's unregulated? 
I don't know. You probably get doxxed and people start showing up. Like these are computer people. Like they're, they're gonna, they, 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 the redemption would probably be quick. Um, but I do want to talk about a, a funny story, like just to kind of illustrate how brain dead some of these NFT um, investors can be. Um, so an NFT group called Spice DAO and DAO it stands for um, Decentralized Anonymous Organization. They managed to raise a bunch of money to purchase a rare copy of uh, Jodorowsky's Dune art book. Charlie, do you, there's no way Dalton knows what this is. But do you I know, know what Dune is. Yes, but do you know Jodorowsky's Dune? No. So he no, is a Chilean either. filmmaker who wanted to create wanted to make a Dune movie, right? And he put all these resources, he had all these crazy ideas. There's actually a documentary about like him trying to make this movie. It ultimately didn't get made. Um, really quick, he's he's a fantastic director, a little controversial, but um, a little background on the project. I just want to read this real quick um, before I go on. Um, back in 1974, uh, he set out to make a film adaptation of Dune. Two years into the process, the project was killed due to a lack of funding, but not before it became the stuff of cinematic legend. He envisioned the film as a whopping 14 hours long. Wow. Okay. So like a um, mini saga for like TV. I like oh, yeah. long movies, but I think we're kind of getting 14 ridiculous. hours is a long time <laughs> with a score by Pink Floyd. Um, and then meanwhile, Salvador Dali, the, the famous artist, uh, signed on to play um, Padisha Emperor Shaddam uh, Carino, though his exorbitant salary may have been the project's kiss of death. Dead set on becoming the highest paid actor in history, Dolly demanded to be paid $100,000 per minute of screen time, which is so absurd. And oh I love God. it. That is absolutely perfect for Salvador Dali and like his whole thing. Um, Orson Welles was to play the evil Baron and even Mick Jagger signed on for an unspecified part. Ironically enough, the unmade film later became the subject of a 2014 documentary. So he, <laughs> he, in order to convince movie studios to make the film, he had books of concept art for the film printed, right? And the illustrations were by one of my favorite illustrators of all time, Mobius. He's brilliant. He's a French illustrator. He did, um, if you've ever seen the, um, the Fifth Element, like all Ooh. the visuals in the Fifth Element were concepted by Mobius. Okay. Um, I have several of his books. He's brilliant. Brilliant comic book artist. Um, there are a handful of these books that are still around that he sent to the, the um, executives. And Honestly, this is like my dream thing. Like I would love to own one of these books, but they routinely auction for anywhere from like $25,000 to $40,000 a book. Oh, you got it. Yeah, no worries. That's it. <laughs> um, so these NFT bros plop down a cool $3 million to win the auction for this. God book. damn. They way, way overpaid on these like crowdfunded sources. Uh, and their plan was to mint the artwork in the book as NFTs to create an, an animated series based on the book and then burn the physical copy of the book, which would What's they thought would increase wrong with them. Well, they thought that it would increase the value of the NFTs and the, what the fuck series. would it do that? Well, so, was the fucking I would, just, book I would just hide it and say that I burned it. <laughs> they wanted to do it as like a publicity stunt. So they were going to record it and put it online. They're like, Hey, look, we're burning a $3 million book. The problem is these fucking brain surgeons 
didn't realize that they paid $3 million for just a physical copy of a book. They didn't get the rights to the book by buying the book. And they now just collectively owned a $3 million book. So they can't go and make an animated series. They can't go and make an NFT because these are copyrighted. Someone else owns the copyright. This is how insane people have been about NFTs. In this weird circle of life thing that you've done right now, you just kind of explained what NFTs were through that story. They bought the book, but they didn't buy the rights to the book. They didn't buy the images in the book. They just bought the book. The book. Just like when you buy NFTs, you're not buying the picture. You're not buying the JPEG. You're buying uh, your the fucking name on the blockchain. Right. Right. You're not either in either situation. You're not buying the art. Well. I mean, you're buying well, but you have you a understand book in your house. Yeah, but yeah, but you have a copy of the art. But I'm you don't saying you're not buying it like, to sell it. Like, yeah, you're not do buying what you want the to rights to this yeah. image. Yeah, you don't have the rights. So, yeah, right. But if you buy a painting, you can hang it up on your wall. If you buy a right. book, you can sit on your coffee table. Right. You buy an NFT, you get none of those. You can look at your name. You right click, print out the blockchain, and just print out the image and put it on your wall. Nobody's gonna stop you from doing that. But like. Who's doing that? Um, so yeah, these. I don't know. Didn't Dalton? Didn't that guy buy, buy the the gorilla or whatever, and then he printed it out? No, no, no. Uh, the video I sent Charlie, and uh, I put it on the Twitter too. This guy was uh, bragging about how you couldn't right click and save his NFT because it was a three D model, and he drug his mouse around and three D model spin right. And this guy that doesn't like NFTs saw that recreated the three the 3d model on a 3d printer and then immediately threw it in trash yeah it's it's gar- <laughs> it's it's not okay. it's it's not real like everything they say about this stuff is not real like another thing that i've heard over and over again when looking into this like looking at nft defenders is they're like oh well the artist gets a cut of the sales every time it's resold guess not what it. that's not, not, not true it's not real it's not real so right now, most NFTs are minted on this this token called ERC-721. It's a type of Ethereum and does not allow for the original artist to get a percentage of the sales. The only person that gets anything from the sales is the person selling it. So that's not true either. Like, so it's like GameStop, where GameStop, like once you trade that game in, like and they sell it again, you, the, the original company does not get another cut of that no, money because nope. it was already got when it was originally purchased. Nope. That was it. That What they got is, okay. Yeah. Yep. Right. So let's talk about the environment. Yes. This is what I'm curious about because I keep hearing that it's bad for the environment, but I don't understand how. So right. tell me all about this. So I have we, a truck in my front yard that I'm driving right now that gets eight, eight miles to the gallon. So I shouldn't <laughs> have no leg to stand on when it talks about the environment. So in order to verify all of these transactions on the blockchain, they have to be independently verified by miners. And I'm sure you've heard of like Bitcoin miners, crypto miners. Like that's I've seen these farms. They're insane. Great dude. Like They're these insane. are warehouses filled yeah. with uh, GPUs yep. that are just constantly running. And these GPUs use an absorbent amount of power. Yes. Okay. And that's, and- that's the big thing is that, that it was Bitcoin was created to be inefficient. Right. It wasn't the, the, the creators of it didn't expect it to have the kind of widespread adaptation that they have right now. Like, right. It's, it's, it wasn't meant to be. It was meant to be a small little project that um, just got a few, you know, like it was it was an experiment. It wasn't meant to be a currency, really and truly right at the time. So now you have to 
do these insane mathematical processes to mint things on the blockchain. And that eats up power. That eats up a lot of expenses. It eats up GPU. It eats up CPU. And mining operations now currently consume more power globally than the entire country of the Netherlands or the entire country of Pakistan. And these are just like one farm, right? These are just, this is globally all the farms. Okay, 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 okay. Um, So one single Bitcoin transaction uses the uh, power of one U.S. household over 78 and a half days. Wow. That's just that's just one time. That's, that's just one a, Bitcoin. Oh, Jesus Christ! And it, and it, and, and not only well, that, it's not one Bitcoin. One Bitcoin is an outrageous amount of money. It's just it, like one transaction. Well, no, it's a single. Yeah, single Bitcoin transaction. Sorry. And in addition to that, it's also got e waste because it burns out these GPUs so quickly, right? Right. So a single Bitcoin transaction uses the equivalent of basically throwing two iPhones into a trash pile. That's why these new graphics cards that are coming out, that's why you can't get them anywhere because yep. Bitcoin miners are taking them as soon as they hit the shelves. Yep. And here's the, here's the crazy thing. China, very well known for their e-waste, I mean, their environmental regulations, <laughs> has completely banned uh, Bitcoin mining in the country. Interesting. Okay. Very progressive China for doing yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> banning this for the environment. That's, that's, that should be pretty stark. Um, yeah. It, 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 it's crazy, crazy things. Is there anything out there like that for the U.S.? Like, has anybody introduced anything that you know of like that for the U.S.? Not yet, no. Fuck no. Certain, there's, certain, if there's look, money to be made, the U.S. is not going to stop it. Well, localities have. Like, there's been certain towns that have been overrun by Bitcoin mining and have, like, curbed it that way. Some states have done it, but it's never been, like, widespread on a federal level. I don't think it will, because a lot of the Chinese miners came to the U.S. after it got banned in China. They were like, oh, it's okay. much easier to use here um the, the whole thing is and i'm not going to read everything that i wrote but like the whole thing is is that there's more money represented in crypto than there actually exists in real money so these whales that have all this crypto can't actually get their money out because there's not enough million there's not enough money it's something like two trillion dollars exists in crypto which doesn't exist in real currency so they have two ways to do this they either have to one make these cryptocurrencies like a real thing, right? Like be able to buy goods and services. The problem with that is that the rate of crypto goes so crazy. Like you could be, you can lose 200% of your investment in a day. You know, you can't like the dollar doesn't do that. And that's the reason that dollar is a globally recognized currency because it like is relatively stable. I mean, it, it fluctuates a little bit, but not a lot. You can't have it. But there's other there's other coins like you, there's there's a U.S. dollar coin, for example, that stays at the rate of a dollar. Right? Yeah, but they also have there they keep printing up more and more currency without actually any cash backing. They just have a bunch of IOUs. That they're, it's going to crash. It's it's called Tether. And it's like one coin per one dollar, but like right. overnight they'll they'll go ahead and, and print three billion dollars worth of money, and you know they're not getting those cash assets. They got IOUs to places to to pay them back. So if it ever came time for them to pay these this money back, that that you know like backs all this. I'm sta- having flashbacks to uh, the Ponzi scheme episode yeah. now. Yeah, it's it's that that's called stable coins. So if any of these stable coins actually had to pay back their backers they'd be they'd be gone just decimated disintegrated in seconds 
And and that's the stuff that keeps Bitcoin stable. It's a whole like snake that eats himself. I know there's a word for that, but I don't have any. Um, but besides like legitimizing cryptos like a real currency, the only other way that they can get their money back is to attract a bunch of retail investors, which is what we're seeing. Like it's a huge thing. Um, they have to attract as many people as they can. And that's, and that's the reason doing. all these agencies are reaching out to their mm-hmm. clients. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I mean, on top of this, and we talked about a little bit, the rug pull stuff, there's all kinds of fucking scams that are going on. And the FTC, I'm not going to go through it because we've, we've gone on a lot about this, but like the FTC has like hundreds of scams that they pulled where like people start up NFTs, they get a bunch of investors and they just disappear. Just run. And they can, because there's, again, there's no, there's no current, there's no regulation about this. Um, and it's it they like there's giveaway scams there's people on twitter pretending to be elon musk to, to like solicit oh come on but who's gonna fall for that it's like it's a real it's it's real like listen we've we've seen people fall for worse Nigerian <laughs> scams like people fall for that um yeah it's it's over and over again because yeah the value of these products seemingly always increases so people are like well you're always going to make money Right, there's no way to lose on this, and I have a feeling we're at like peak NFT, and people are really going to start losing their shit, you know, soon. Yeah, um, you know, and the other thing is too, artists have been had their work stolen over and over and over again. Like, there's people that musicians, art, like straight up digital artists, um, traditional artists, you know, filmmakers have their shit stolen and turned into NFTs, and they don't make a dime off of it. So, like, again, pretending like this is a thing for artists. It's just not true. So I, I'm, I'm curious how you're feeling now about everything I've just unloaded. Cause it's been a lot of like doomer shit. Not fully convinced. There's a very specific, there's a very important fully in that sentence because I am convinced that the vast majority of NFTs are scams. I am convinced of that. Okay. But I think there's exceptions to every rule, but I do think there's people out there doing it for not, without malicious intent i agree i do i think you're right i agree and and again i think like any ponzi scam people make money okay. but more people lose money than make money okay That's and i fair. think that like i i think what you're talking about in the big schema thing is little little cre- smaller creators right. making money and that's great like i i love that like i'm for that but I also think that it is. Now- that's, the, that's the thing that that's what's so polarizing about it with me, because I see all this hate on Twitter. I see all this hate on Instagram. I see all this hate everywhere I look. But all the people that I know, not, not even people I know personally, I know one person personally, but the people that I do know that I've made money off of it are are people that deserve it or small time creators. Which, and which- it was like this drastic life changing event. Right. Again, again, it wouldn't be a scam if people couldn't make money, though. If if a lot of people involved couldn't make money, there wouldn't be a lot of people drawn to the project. What I'm saying is that on the back of those small creators and good for them making that money, there is about to be a lot of fucking people that lose everything they've got. Okay. And it's fair. not going to be the Jimmy Fallon's. It's not going to be the Paris Hilton's. It's not going to be the Logan Paul's. It's not going to be, you know, the the Tony Hawk's that lose all their shit because they've Break got enough heart, money. not Tony, not well, Tony, but that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> they've got enough money to play these like risky, you know, markets and ventures and not right. lose a ton of money. Like Jimmy Fallon makes a shitload of money. He pays an ape. Justin Bieber bought an ape for $2 million. And that's just a drop in the bucket. For him. Yeah. You think that's going to hurt his bottom line? No, 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 no. 
And even if he sells it at a loss, I mean, he's he's going to be fine. It doesn't matter. Like, that's the thing is like these big investors that are actually promoting this game. And that's the thing is like, it's not going to happen with apes, okay. right? Because the apes are too expensive now for normal investors like you and me and Charlie to get involved in. Like, I can't afford a $700,000 non-photo, non-picture of an ape, right? Right. I can't afford a $700,000 receipt on a blockchain. That's I'm going to buy one with Butters bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but what I can do is I can invest in what I think is the next new thing, right? Because you have to, to make money on these things, you have to be at the bottom. Right. And so I can go in and spend a couple thousand dollars that maybe I don't have on this thing that we think is the new thing. And either A, a rug pull happens and the developer of the, 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 the maker of the project pulls out and steals all this money or B, it just doesn't go anywhere and it just devalues. Like you're, th- this is where people are going to get hurt. Okay. But I, I really want to quick, really quickly want to talk about the most ridiculous NFT that's going right now. And I just really want to rug pull some people and, and <laughs> not have to work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think the heat is, is boiling on this stuff though. I, I feel like the authorities are going to start getting more and more involved in this shit. Oh yeah. Uh, this this shit is going to be government. Do, man. Come on. It's going to be government regulated by the end of the year. I guarantee it. So I, this is, this is my like uh, illustrating how absurd all of this has gotten. And I wanted to bring in one more story about a, a consummate grifter in my opinion. And I might be actually risking my professional career because I work in advertising and this guy's an advertising Ooh. guy. Just saying uh, this guy deserves at least one episode. I think he's probably got multiple ones because I just want to punch him in the fucking face. His name is Gary Vaynerchuk. He is a guy that goes by the name Vayner. I actually think it's pronounced Vaynerchuk, um, but it's pronounced Vaynerchuk. Come on, Gary V. Yes, Gary V. Oh, that fucking clown. I can't fucking stand that guy. Right, good. There's a guy good. at my work that's just like, he's convinced that he's going to make money off of watching all these Gary V videos. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you're not going to fucking make any money. Gary V is a clown. He's a fucking clown. He works in advertising, which is my industry. He is, he's, he's the, he's the drizzling. The, 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 the thing that like, like draws him to people, right? He goes on all these YouTube videos and it's like, you got to fucking take it. Like he puts fuck in every sentence that he could think of. Right. Yeah. And that's like the just fucking the creepy capitalist edgelords. lords just fucking flock to this they dude, like it. moth to a flame. No, it's porn for them. Yeah. 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 He's, and he's also like three foot eight. So I'm not a little worried. <laughs> um, so he actually is the guy that is responsible for introducing all the YouTube influencers to NFTs. Right. So like Logan Paul and Mr. Beast all got in on NFTs because of Gary V. Um, he also has a pretty prominent like social advertising. Mr. Beast is also a guy that fucking reactionary leftists hate, but I don't hate him. Like he's done a lot of good with his money. He has done a lot of good, but he's slowly undoing it with all this NFT bullshit he's been pulling lately. Okay. Interesting. You'll have yeah. to tell me more off air. Yeah, my, my my dear partner is going to disown me if he ever listens to this because he loves both Paris Hilton and Mr. Beast. So there it is. I'll be sleeping on the couch again. Good thing you didn't listen. Um, anyway. Um, well, uh, one thing I will say about Mr. Beast, he helps out a lot of poor people that really need it with his money. So I, I do yeah, like that a lot. I, I just don't like the recent NFT turn. That makes me uncomfortable. Okay, fair enough. But I agree with you. On the whole, I agree with you. I think Mr. Beast does more good than bad. But anyway, um, Gary V owns at least one ape. And he has uh, his latest NFT related idea is called the Fly Fish Club, which is a members only dinner club. All right. That's, that's getting weird. 
Yep. Oh, it's getting, it's going to get weirder. So these kinds of clubs already exist, at least in New York city. There's probably some in LA some of the big cities like Chicago, the, where there's a lot of money, but this one is different because membership is only granted through the purchase of an NFT. So you have to have so an like NFT. at the door, you have to show like your NFT to get in. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> Just wait. There are actually two tiers with the membership as well. So the fly fish token will set you back currently around $8,000 and give you access to the restaurant and cocktail lounge. And then on top of that, there's a more exclusive fly fish omakase membership. And it starts at around $14,000 and gives you access to everything the regular membership does. Plus like the sushi room. And they're supposed to have all these incredible sushi chefs. that come in and, and make sushi for people. So I bet it smells crazy in there. Yeah. So you can, <laughs> so you can own the NFT, you can sell the NFT, or you can also lease them out and make some money off of it, which is. How the fuck do you lease an NFT? I don't know. They thought about this when they. They got a goddamn rent to own program for these NFTs. <laughs> but what they don't do. Center for NFTs. Right. going to come knocking, bitch. You better pay the shit. <laughs> yeah. God almighty. Can you imagine? That is hell. Like when Rena Center gets into <laughs> NFTs. Open up. I'm going to need that blockchain. <laughs> Remember when Hulk Hogan used to do Renaissance commercials? No, he did. No. Look it up. He did Renaissance commercials. <laughs> oh, so this would be like this exclusive club would be something that probably like some of our like uh, benefactor friends could potentially be involved in because it's you know an exclusive so money. Yeah. Well, here, here's the kicker: at eight thousand dollars or fourteen thousand dollars, you also still have to pay for the food. Are you fucking kidding me? Get the fuck out. <laughs> so like basically you're paying $14,000 for to be a experience. member of this to, be restaurant. A, to have access to this food. Yep. That's also probably really fucking expensive. Yep. Jesus Christ. Also, like, can I, let me just let me just tell you my personal nightmare fuel is paying $8,000 to go to a restaurant full of a bunch of people that are into NFTs. Like, just fucking kill me. I don't want to be around any of these NFT. Could weirdos. you imagine trying talking to these people? I know. Well, that's what that's the thing is like Gary Vee is like, oh, it'll be the, the most elite of the elite. And it's like, no, you don't know who buys NFTs, right? You like there's some celebrities, but you're not getting like the best of the best, right? Yeah. It's, it's it's just you're not gonna get that. It's you're like, getting a bunch of tech nerds. You get a bunch of neckbeard weirdos <laughs> who made money on Bitcoin early on. Well, me too, man. I haven't shaved in a while, so <laughs> no do cast stones in a glass houses, but no, it's 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 absolutely insane. And like, I just, I, man, I really, really hope that this doesn't catch on this idea, but this restaurant is set to launch next year, in New York city. You know what? It reminds me of kind of it, in a way it doesn't because it was actually like a meeting somewhere and you're actually going to a place and getting an experience, but it reminds me kind of, of Sully Tosiani and yeah. his fucking thing because Exclusive he had a club. Yeah. 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 Like, it's, I'm just, I'm like, this episode, I think what is making me come around on the grift part is there's been several parts to this episode that I've had flashbacks to other episodes. It's because it is a scam. And like, there's a limited number of really like scams out there that just get recycled over and over again. Right. So I'm going to play a video and this will be the last piece. And then I'll have my like closing thoughts and we can discuss it. But I want to play you a video. You guys have probably seen online. Um, and. I want to see what you think. I'm going to tell you my secret for making dreams a reality. 
I started my company when I was 23 and grew it into a multi-million dollar business with zero outside funding. I had no Black connections, I didn't board. go to an Ivy League school, and I wasn't trust fund. How did I do it? I learned a simple framework in Silicon Valley from some top entrepreneurs that are now billionaires that I live by. It goes like this. Automate, eliminate, delegate. Okay, repeat with me. Automate, eliminate, delegate. What does that mean? First, you eliminate all the things that you don't need to do because we all have too much to do and we can't get anything done if we try to do too many things at once. What does that mean? Next, you automate. You use technology software to make things more efficient, especially repetitive, mundane processes and tasks. I'm not but that also, smart. you delegate. You outsource or hire things because you can't do everything. I don't have that much money. Charlie, it's bad you, that I want to bully her. You know who that is? I cringed so hard, my asshole puckered. <laughs> so um, a few days ago, she and her partner were arrested for uh, laundering $3.6 billion in stolen Bitcoin. Oh, did she delegate? All right. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't feel right doing this episode without actually including the story, but uh, the are she is a, a, a couple part, half of a couple. Her name is Heather Morgan. And she was a bit of a styled herself as a business influencer and rapper which are horrible and I will never never. We're not doing those the X music on this episode. I'm not to get know. too much like in the weeds here, but no more white women rapping. We don't need any more. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> but in, in, in 2016, there was a um, Bitcoin exchange that was uh, robbed of $71 million in Bitcoin, which is subsequently has become $4.5 billion in just that short amount of time. Mm. Um, her share of that was 3.6 billion dollars um, that she's been trying to launder feds caught on to her arrested her i don't think that like she and her partner or her husband i think were responsible for the hack i think that they were like delegate useful. delegate I delegate think, yeah i think they were useful idiots <laughs> and i think they're real hackers way far away and i'll never get caught and they got caught because they the hacker probably took some of the money and left them with the, the lion's share to try and launder away but it, it proves one point again, like you can easily, well, sometimes easily steal a lot of money and there's very little recourse. Right. Um, she was just dumb and got <sighs> caught, uh, but that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. That's an outrageous amount of money. And the, I don't know if I'm doing that kind of like, uh, I don't even know the words. If I'm doing that kind of like heist, I guess I could say. I'm not putting myself on a public platform like TikTok and no. fucking no, you fucking hide. I'm, I'm moving to another country. Right. Immediately. Immediately. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> staying in New York City. That's that's and that's where they were. Um, so yeah, so that's that's kind of the episode. I, I wanted to just share a couple of positive thoughts because I thought it was worth mentioning. And that's how I want to close this out. Um eh, positive, negative, a little bit of both. I think that there is, I think there's like good things that could happen with this technology and might still happen, but I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm very skeptical because I think that once money is involved, no one's going to want to do anything, but make as much money as they possibly can. Right. But ways that I could see you doing this, right? So you buy an image without actually owning the image. To me, that's the wrong way to think of it, right? 
let's say instead you want to be a patron of the arts. So you pay to support an artist. That feels like something that this technology could have. That's happened. something I could get behind. Yeah. Me too. And, but it's not happening because everybody's obsessed with ownership and investing and being an entrepreneur and all that kind of stuff. It's just not happening. Another idea that I've heard, these are not my ideas, is music tickets being an NFT. So, I mean, they kind of are already, right? With Ticketmaster. The, but no, in this way is like an NFT where the musician gets royalties, gets a percentage of the ticket every time it's resold. So okay. when a big event goes on sale and scalpers take all of it and then they resell it, what if the artist got a percentage of the ticket every time it was resold? Right. Cause we're never going to, I don't think we're ever going to fix the scalper problem. Right. But it's this could be a, a good, you know, thing for the, point. for the, for the musician or the, right. Like whoever it is, like they could do that. I think there's interesting ways. I also think I that, like, that would be abused so quickly though. Because then prices would be so fucking outrageous. And what if the artist let that happen and then bought all the tickets back and then redid it again? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, it would but just there's be... a, but there's a price point where people won't buy him anymore and they'll stop sh- selling out shows. Right. Like, I mean, there's a point where you won't buy a ticket because it's too fucking expensive. Right. And I think that's always, I don't know. I'm, I'm, these are like pie in the sky, big ideas. I'm not saying that they're perfect. I'm not saying that they're well executed, but I also think that like, the the difference between there's no difference right now between the traditional art market and NFTs, other than if you buy a piece in the traditional art market, you actually own the original piece, right? Right. Like, how do you fix that? Well, you say, hey, in an NFT, the artist gets paid every time it gets resold, which is what does not happen. And oftentimes, artists are are the bottom of the basement in terms of the revenue stream. Right. And I think that's fucked up. I think that's a problem. I think that that's something that musicians have figured out in terms of royalties, actors and actors in the cinema, like has figured out with royalties, but like traditional, like fine artists, they don't get anything more. You sell your painting for a hundred thousand dollars, three years later, gets sold for 15 million. You don't see any of that. That's all going to the reseller. Exactly. And so I think that there's, I think there's things that this, that this thing could have been, but none of that happens. It's a straight up get rich quick scheme right now. That's the model. That's what it's, that's what the form is taking shape. And that's why it's a grift. Um, even people, you know, we talked about people. Yeah. He him, himself, he's made over $175 million on NFTs and good for him. You know what? Get every bit of that. But he said, and this is from an article in the independent. He said, when asked if he worried that NFTs, being the second level of a pyramid scheme, which is what I talked about. First level is crypto. Second level is NFTs. Um, Mr. Winkleman, which is his real name, disagreed. He described it as extremely speculative and risky for investors. However, and then I quote, this is for people who are looking to take some risks because a lot of this stuff will absolutely go to zero. He said, if you just look at art historically, blue chip stuff does pretty well over time, but most of it goes to zero. That's just how it is. And I believe NFTs will be no different. And I believe it's absolutely in an, ira- in an irrational exuberant bubble. That is we're there. So he answered it, but he didn't want to give up the game because he's making right. a lot of money. But I think he knows it, it really. But he answered in a very tongue in cheek way of saying, yeah, yes. he's like, yeah, some of it will survive. Most of it won't. But I also feel like he knows what's up. He's made his money. He'll cash out at a certain point. He won't lose 
anything and good for him. He, he took advantage of this thing, but like, there's just going to be a lot of people. And I don't, I, I just don't give a shit if a bunch of rich assholes waste their money, but we know that that's not how this ends. Right. We know this from everything we've ever talked about. On this it's show. always the poor people. Getting it's fucked. always like normal and poor, poor people that are scraping together a couple hundred bucks to throw it into something. You think it will pay off and get them out of debt or living a better life. The wealthy will always look out for each other. Or CAA shout out. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my last line in this whole thing is that currently the least important thing about NFTs as they exist right now is the artist. Yeah. That makes sense. That's and it. And whenever something gets sold, they're not going to not going to get a kickback. No, they're but, absolutely not. Yeah, but it's so the like, same thing. In it's the, about in the, the real... art is a bullshit argument. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, the whole thing about the art is like you kind of throw it out the window when you have like thousands of AI generated NFTs that are available to buy. You know, exactly, exactly. Most of the art is just garbage and computer generated. Well. Glad we ended on a positive note, boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So uh, it's can, a downer. You got me, you got me about 90% there. No, you, I'm about 90% there, but I still think there's like a little 10% circle. I don't think there is malicious intent behind it, but I don't. I, I, I mean, you can't win them all, Austin. You can't yeah, win them all. No, 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 I won this one um, <laughs> because. Not everybody that participates is, has malicious intentions, but on the whole, I think it's a scam. Okay. And, I, and I, I think you can almost, I think as much as you don't want to, because you just are stubborn and you don't want to lose, <laughs> you can agree also that on the whole, this is a scam market that's going to fucking collapse. I mean, people, good, good people, you know, like good faith actors in this thing they have a chance to make some money, but everybody has a chance to make some money in a scam. People make money in Ponzi scams. People make money in pyramid scams. You know, like MLMs, it, it yeah. happens. And in, in, yeah, in MLMs, you, there is a chance that you can make some money, but that doesn't mean that on the whole, the entire thing that you're making money on isn't a fucking scam. Well, I mean, even like if you throw aside the making money part, right? Throw that aside. Let's pretend, not pretend that doesn't exist, but let's throw that out there for a while. But, photographers and artists that are in this space not like your fucking board ape artists not your lazy lions artists but actual like artists that do it in a way to like get their work out there i don't think that's necessarily in bad faith either you know no, even, I, even I, though they know that saying. their work might get resold but you know, I'm, but i'm not saying that that's a bad faith thing but i'm also questioning why do people buy nfts and not actual prints well, I mean, the prints are more expensive. I mean, that's just all it comes mm, down to. But they don't have to be. Do they? I mean, I feel like it takes a lot more cost materials to it's a print. It's a print, buy a print. print than it would. It, it's it's a thing that's like the a lot of the people that are buying NFTs have never actually bought real artwork in their life, right? It's a marketing right. thing. It's it's a why are why are, here's the question. Why are these people? Oh, hey, oh, NFTs? What, 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 wait, I got caught up on something you said. It's a marketing thing. What if somebody buys this NFT, right? Say fucking, I don't know. There's a cool photograph out there, right? And somebody buys it as an NFT and they make it their profile picture. What if somebody finds that artist then and then buys a print from it? What if it could be like yes, you know, advertising type thing? But no, that's not what I meant. I meant like if you wanted to support the artist, you could, you could do two things, right? You could buy directly an NFT from them. Right. Or you could buy the actual print. 
But the print costs more money. Not all the time. I mean, I have yeah. some really nice prints from Danhausen and them, and I'm going to be getting another one. Here. Oh, I could totally see Danhausen making NFC. I could see that now. I could... no. <laughs> That's going to uh, happen, brother. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually surprised more wrestlers aren't in NFTs. But like the 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 exclusive print for Toy Hio is him and Ethan Page as like Danhausen's a ghost and Ethan Page is a Ghostbuster. It's a fifty dollar print. Like I know the artist who made the print. I've talked to him several times. We share a birthday. So like we've become friends over that. $50 is a lot of money though. Okay. But it's let's also- just say NFT, like, okay. For example, what is point Austin? Quick math. What is point zero zero three Ethereum? Could you find that right oh, now? God. All right. But it's, it's limited to 50 prints, right? So it's one of 50. Okay. It's autographed by both Ethan page and Dan Housen. It's not, uh, Ethereum, it is three thousand dollars. Point zero zero three. Yeah. Add another zero. Oh no, wait. I'm sorry. Point it's it's nine thousand dollars. Add another zero. Maybe I misread it. Whatever. It's not important. Okay. Uh, you're right. You're right. You're right, Austin. You're right. Is that what you want to hear? Is that what you want to fucking? Hear? You're right. No, I don't care. I don't you're care if right. I won because I know you're I did. Right. You're I... right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. I just I just think that like. There's a whole group of people, I don't want to say generation, but I kind of want to say generation, that are like, have been pulled into this NFT thing where it actually is in the artist's best interest if they hadn't done the NFT value like thing and they'd actually just bought the physical artwork. And then they had something to show. It wasn't speculative. It wasn't about making money. It was literally about owning the art. That's my and, that, and that's what the original thing was all about. And this was built on top of that. Right. And and like like you said, okay, so it was built with good intentions. And then somebody took those intentions and completely flipped them and fucked everything up. So now, yeah, there's that 10% that is doing good things and trying to, you know, make a right. name for themselves. But the 90% outweighs that 10%. So yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I, I, I unfortunately, do believe unfortunately, it's a gold rush. I, 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 it sucks. But it, it, but that's honestly the way it is, unfortunately, and it won't that that won't sway the other way at any point in time until I don't know it gets. I, I don't think artists will ever be able to take it back and make it their own again. No. It, it's too far gone at this point. It's super I, I do I do agree with you. I think the major point I was trying to stand on. I was trying to stand up for that ten percent. You know, <laughs> I was trying to that's stand right. up for that little. And I'm not saying that ten percent are scammers. That's the thing. It's it's unfortunately they're in a space where the scam is happening. They're not a scammer. They're just involved in the scam. Yeah. Is what you're trying yeah. to say, right? No, I'm saying more like they're in a space where scams are happening, but their portion of it isn't isn't scummy. Like they're not trying to be scummy on they're, it. They're, they're just trying to they're trying to do their, you know, yeah. like they're trying to to do their art. And I think that everybody else has kind of overtaken that space and made it scummy, but I don't think that those people are scummy by any means. I think they're just, you know, an artist trying to do their their, you know, their god-given thing. And I think that these other people just have ruined that, unfortunately. Well, so the general consensus is no matter, unfortunately, if you're a true artist or a, a person that's just trying to make a quick buck, it, it's all in a scam area, unfortunately. They're they're honest players in a dishonest field. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There and there's where we agree. All right. Well, let's wrap <laughs> it up. Let's, let's wrap let's, it up. Let's go home. Um, 
how do we do this? It's been a while. We, we have, have friends. friends. <laughs> Check out our friends at the Pod Van Dam, IWTV Guide, Wrestling Cheers, Super Fantastic, Sweet Stuff and Bitter Things, X Over, Hard Headed, and Hit the Music Pod. You can find us on Twitter at Catch My Griff Pod, um, at Catch Dalton. I'm probably going to change it to Griff Boy Dalton soon. I've been thinking about it, but I don't, I don't know. Well, <laughs> Dalton, you got to throw in um, at odds since they gave us such a beautiful Fuck review. Yeah, dude. Okay. Joe Exposto, I'm talking to you now. I'm talking to you specifically. I said some shitty things when I was in New York, and this is me publicly ver- verbally apologizing to you. I am sorry. I caught the wrong idea. What you did for us on your podcast was incredibly kind, incredibly generous, and I'm very thankful for that. So thank you. Joe Exposto, a great guy. Thank you, Joe. Check out At Odds with Wrestling. <laughs> Shout out Adam Van. Shout out Adam Van. Really dug the Bel- Delphine episode. I could, uh, as I, I heard. But uh, <laughs> check out At Odds with Wrestling. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Catch My Griff Pod. You can find me on Twitter at Catch Dalton. You can find Austin on Twitter at Austin A Go Go. You can find Charlie on Twitter at Charlie underscore Butters. And that's it. We did the NFTs like you wanted. You're probably real mad at me right now, but that's okay. You'll get over to Hope. I love y'all. But uh, yeah, Austin, say the line. Hey, beautiful. Hi, guys. I grew up on the crime side, the New York Times side. Staying alive was no job. Had second hands. Moms bounced on old men. So then we moved to Shallon Land. A young youth, you're rocking the go to. Low goose, only way I begin to G York was drug loot. And let's start it like this, son. Rolling with this one and that one. Pulling out gats for fun. But it was just a dream for the team who was a fiend. Started smoking wolves at 16. And running up in gates and doing it for high stakes. Making my way on fire skates. No question, I was speed for cracks and weed. The combination made my eyes bleed. No question, I would flow off and try to get the dough off. Sticking up white boys on board boards. My life got no better. Same damn low sweater. Times is rough and tough like leather. Figured out I went the wrong route. So I got with a sick ass click and went all out. Catching keys from cross seas. Rolling in MPVs. Every week we make 40 G's. Yo, nigga, respect my. A nigga to check notch. Bow. Move from the gate now. Cash moves everything around me. Green, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo. Cash moves everything around me. Green, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo. It's been 22 long, hard years. I'm still struggling. Survival got me bugging. But I'm alive on arrival. I'll be back the shape of the streets. To stay awake to the ways of the world. Cause shit is deep. I'm in with the dream. With plans to make cream. with fail. I went to jail at the age of 15. A young buck selling drugs and such. Who never had much. Trying to get a clutch on what I could not Maybe short now I'm facing incarceration, pacing, going upstate's my destination. Handcuffed in back of a bus, 40 of us. Life as a shorty shouldn't be so rough. But as the world turned, I learned life is hell. Living in the world no different from a cell. Every day I skate from takes, giving chase, selling bass, smoking bones in the staircase. Though I don't know why I chose to smoke cess. I guess that's the time when I'm not depressed. But I'm still depressed, and I ask, what's your work? To give up, so I seek the old earth who explain working hard may help you maintain to learn to overcome the heartaches and pain. You got stick up kids, corrupt cops, and crack rocks and straight shots. All on the block that stays hot. Leave it up to me while I be living proof to kick the truth to the young black youth. When shorties running wild, smoking sets, drinking beer, and ain't trying to hear what I'm kicking.
different now, but yo, it got to be accepted. That what? The life is hectic. Cash moves everything around me. Green, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo. Cash moves everything around me. Niggas got to get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo. Cash can't just get Yes.